two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. They are divided For equal, sequel, hate, and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex For providing our theme song It is December 13th, 2020 My name is Zach Weber And joining me today is Oh, God, I almost said it. Um, Zanger! This is the way I'm wearing my helmet. Unlike other people. Can you wear the helmet into a store? Does that count as a face covering? Oh, God, I should test that. <laughs> and joining us, insert the specific number Canadian Star Wars collector Whoa. here, Chris Porteous. I think we've lost a few, so I'm I'm probably going up. I'm probably around number five right at the moment. Uh, ha- yeah, happy to be here, guys. Oh my God, what just happened with that uh, Disney investor call? Scary stuff. I said I said prior to this call, we're gonna go like five minutes, and it's just gonna be Zach scream- screaming about how something ruined his life. I'm no, excited. They, they actually have to announce something first because a lot of what they did here was just kind of like did what they've been doing for years, where they just throw stuff at us, and they're like, "It's coming," and we're all like, "When?" And they're like, "We don't know," and we're like. That's weird. It's like the fifth time that's happened. Like, I've honestly lost track how many times they've promised us something. It never comes to fruition at this point. Like, oh, I don't know. Ride, like, um, the, uh, there's some series, some series, some good series that is like that, that, that went nowhere after it leaked. And I know it's it's a waste. It was a waste. It went. It got leaked and it went absolutely nowhere, which means that they either didn't get the reaction they wanted or they didn't get enough of any reaction, period. It got pulled down too quick. That was the problem. Okay. But, but it's out there. Um, yeah, like, I've honestly lost track now how many times Lucasfilm has promised us something, and then, then, like, it doesn't matter anymore, whether that be the Ryan Johnson trilogy, the Benny and Wise trilogy. Um, like, I, I just don't know what to believe anymore. Apparently, from what I'm reading, that there's a Boba Fett spinoff miniseries that's shooting right now that they didn't announce. Um, I, I don't know what to believe. This seems like a lot of just spitballing and hoping for the best. Uh, the Kevin Feige produced Star Wars movie that was like, what, a year ago that was being discussed. Um, at this point, I have no idea what they're doing. I think they're just throwing stuff out there to make it look good for the press. Um, I don't think that investors call or whatever they're calling it was meant for fans. I think it was meant there for the shareholders in Wall Street. Um, but it's no fun to discuss things on that level. Um, yeah, so guys, out of the uh, 15 different shows that were announced the other day, which one are you the most excited for? Oh, go ahead, Chris. I don't, I don't want to take your fun away. <laughs> well, like, like I don't know. Like, I do worry about alienating people. Like, I don't know about you guys. Speaking of alienating people, FX will have its original Alien series there. I did the reference this Bang. time. 
Thank you. Okay, I'm uh, glad he brought that up. I hate the fact that, like, I saw, like, oh, Disney's finally bringing the Alien franchise to Earth. I'm like, did everybody forget that, basically, the the, the Alien versus Predator movies took place on Earth? Thank you. Okay, and, and even the director of the second one realized that was a mistake and said, if we ever do a third one, we're going to take it back to space. Why? Because none of that belongs on Earth. Stop doing that. It wasn't good. It Like, they're fun movies. They're the worst of the series, frankly. Uh, Alien versus Predator Requiem maybe is the best movie in the series. I, Fight me. I, Hank Farrick, why are we having this discussion? All right. Fight I don't me. know. You know what? You know, you know what I will? I, listen, I watched it recently. I do enjoy it. My Its biggest cultural impact, from my perspective, is the teaser trailer that featured the song silent night because the movie came out on christmas day <laughs> exactly. and you better believe that i was there christmas day watching alien vs predator in theaters i saw it like i think i saw it like two days after christmas oh it was like i remember sitting in the theater just being like this is delightful this is what i've always wanted it's what it, the first movie should have been like it's just a predator going against an army of aliens like and some stupid humans get in the way and that's all that matters yeah the humans are pretty stupid in that movie yeah. well the government doesn't thing. lie to people a good one. I, I'm glad that they pointed out that Andor is a prequel to the uh, Rogue One movie. I needed that explanation. For sure. I did too. Guys, even though guys. He, even though he's going to be a, like seven years older than he, when they filmed Rogue One. <laughs> guys, it's not a prequel. It takes place in the Star Wars multiverse. What happened was right before the explosion on Scarif, Ezra went through the world between worlds, pulled Cassian out right before the explosion. Like that is what happened. Well, he never really where? died, therefore he couldn't come back to life. It doesn't really matter anyways, because the the real-world age of an actor is actually the thing that uh, the casting group is, like, least interested in when it comes to, like, the continuity of the series. Like, you got, <laughs> got Bo-Katan, Obi-Wan. There's all kinds of strange actor age issues. Like, Poor Tamir Morrison's 60, yep. supposed to be 40. Y- you know, it's so uh, they don't really, they're not interested in that when it Chris, comes to Chris. picking an actor. Chris, I'm going to throw a wild concept out there that no no one's ever thought of before. It's it's almost as if Lucasfilm and Disney doesn't care. <laughs> it almost. Well, it's a sneaking suspicion the, that they the, don't care about any of this. Well, at, at, at I, the end I, of the day. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's Just the right thing. Just dollar signs in their eyes. Uh, but, I, but if you think about it, though, it's like, the, the, you're in a, between a rock and a hard place with casting Fed, you can't really recast him. It kind of has. They can do whatever they want. That's yeah, the problem. But, but what would you rather them do? It be the same guy that's supposed to be, or it be somebody else who's what, younger? What they should have done was not to bring Boba Fett back at all. If you want to give him a story, whoa. do do something during the Empire Strikes Back era, or like during that time period. Do Shadows of the Goddamn Empire, or something like that. Where like you put him in his own time period. He doesn't need to come back. Like I said, I have no problems with it. The issue is that they were clearly going to do a Boba Fett movie. The fact that James Mangold now is directing Indiana Jones 5 out from underneath to Steven Spielberg, which I'm fascinated nobody's talking what about. A, oh, I, that was oh like, I thought that was the title of the movie. Yeah. Uh, the, well, I mean, the moment Spielberg left that project, it's like, could you guys just not do it now, please? Could you just make like a new, like, just make a new young Indiana Jones Chronicles so we can all just not care and not watch it? And, and that way you do something with the franchise, but we can ignore it. Yeah, that, that that's the thing. Like the fact that James Mangold is doing it just leads even further credence to that rumor back in May of 2018 that there was going to be a Boba Fett movie. Um, like I said, it's 
Based on what I said last week or the GIF I sent Zenger. I was going to ask about that because, like, you know, that had so much Boba Fett nonsense and you seem to be enjoying it. Oh, I did. No, I love Boba Fett in this. Oh, no, I I am, like, wholeheartedly eating it up. Like, I squeal with delight when I saw Slave 1, like, show up and then, like, when he puts his armor on and and even in the newest episode where he has it, like, repainted. Like, oh, no, I love it. And they're actually. Took the time. Of them trying to get back this child to be like, hold on, I got something I need to do. Well, did you see? Three hours later. (laughs) It was right now. No, like, that's the thing. Like, they're using, it's weird. Like, after all this time, like, I don't, it goes back. Okay, I know Chris talked about it a little bit last week with my, like, fascination with the Rise of Skywalker. I think they understand Star Wars at its best when they don't care about Star Wars. I think they back into brilliance by accident. Um, Because the thing about Boba Fett in this show is exactly how Boba Fett should be used, period, in Star Wars. He should basically be there to be badass man. Like, we do not need a Mandalorian show. We need a show about something else, and you sprinkle in some Boba Fett on the side where he shows up and does something really cool for about three seconds, and that's it. Whether it be him showing up, literally killing a bunch of stormtroopers with a gaffy stick, or just showing up at the end of the episode and deploying a seismic charge from Slave One, that's all you need. You need to give him one badass moment every for three seconds every episode, and that's great. That's all you need. You're done. You do not need to make a whole TV show around not Boba Fett. So and wait a that- second. Wait a second. So what you're saying is, if MMA Mick McMarshall decides to turn to him. <laughs> After the last episode's <laughs> over and go, you'd make a great Ranger of the New Republic, and that's how we get the Boba Fett series? Would you be angry or okay with that? I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to kill off Boba Fett in this, because there's no way. They're, they're going to have to do something with him, because he's going to go out in the blaze of glory, but not Boba Fett needs a new ship. And, and Mandalorians go inherit the mantle of Boba Fett, like and unofficially, unceremoniously. They have to do that because because remember, this is the big thing that people were getting mad at a couple of years ago was the fact that like everyone felt Disney was trying to like overpave or pave over um, their stuff with uh, the stuff from the original trilogy. And I think this is the perfect chance to do that. Um, I think, God, it's come up a couple of times in here. I think Chris and I have mentioned it like Din Djarin, the Mandalorian is more ubiquitous in the culture for normies, not star Wars fans than Boba Fett ever was again for normies, not for star Wars fans. And I think, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. You're probably, it's, that's probably true by this point, I guess. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a sad reality. I don't like, I don't like it. I say I point these things out. Doesn't mean I agree with them. Um, there might be more Boba Fett products every year though. I don't know. Still. But that's okay. But it's a weird thing though that I picked up on today. Like I, I did, I did some shopping today. It's obviously the holidays, and like you walk around, and like it's like it's still everything, Baby Yoda. It's like I want some actual like Dinjarin Mandalorian stuff. Like I well, want that. I don't like. Like I'm tired. Not that I'm tired of Baby Yoda. Like I get it. Like he's merchandising <laughs> opportunity. That was his original name before Grogu, but it's. It's like, I want the titular character. Like, give me more of the titular character. And there's practically no merchandise of Din Djarin. Well, there's, there's like, all the figures, if you're into that. But, I mean, like, but right now... Those, non, those are non-existent. Like, if they honestly had just produced half as many Din Djarin figures as they did anything 
oh god, Baby Yoda related. Like that's the thing. If you like, if you're a kid or like anybody who wants a Din Djarin figure, you're out of luck unless you want. Like, you probably know the name of it, Chris. What's that new line that Hasbro's peddling now? Well, it's like these you can little mini figs. Like they're like what two inches tall. Oh you know yeah, that right? it's a. Um, uh... Micro fleet or something like that, or exactly. no mission series? Yeah, mission series. Yeah, like that's. It, but I, you know, the the um, I don't distribution's like notoriously bad for that Hasbro stuff. But the there's like a carbonized vintage collection one and a vintage collection one from season with the season two look that has Baby Yoda packed in with him on the card that you can sure. get. You can find that now pretty somewhat easily. It's really, on, I I can't find like I've gone to a bunch of stores lately. And like I've been traveling, and yeah. I can't find any new. I, I got lucky. I, think I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and I yeah. found like the armor and the incinerator trooper, and that was it. Like I, I see can't people find posting anything. it. I see people posting it, but I just haven't. Like I'm not. I don't know. Like I'm. I I try to I try to keep it limited when it comes to the new stuff. Sure. Myself. Like, yeah. like, well, I think I know you guys don't have targets in Canada anymore. But like Toys R Us gets all that stuff here. Sure, but like it, like the targets in the U.S. have the like exclusive like. Like helmet often jarring with like Baby Yoda, the little like what do they call it, the pram, but right. cradle, and like that was supposed to come out like two weeks ago, and I've not seen that anywhere. And it went out of stock online the moment it was available for pre-order. And I'm you're like, talking about the three, the vintage collection one or no, black the series? black series. Um, and Target's pretty good with their exclusives. Like usually, like I found every Target exclusive. And I have not come across that anywhere yet. And I've been to a bunch of targets as of like, as of the last like week and a half. And I just don't like, again, you're in the throes of the show and it's season. I get it. COVID, everything is clogged up, but like, I just find it fascinating that like they didn't produce any like, like merchandise of the enough merchandise of the titular character. Well, there's this, there's this other issue like where it's like, I listened to a couple podcasts of like, um, guys who like are thoroughly into modern action figures not just star wars ones and like it's just sort of fascinating to see like to what degree like like figure scalping from places like target and walmart's actually at like preposterous epidemic proportions and like they'll like if a guy comes in there and he'll take he'll take all the mandalorians and you'll find them on ebay or in craigslist and stuff at double the cost like they'll like one guy will just clean it out and then that's that whole store's whole whole shipment that they're putting out right and it's just like a super common practice and like there i think some internal documents and some staff uh note notices leaked recently from like i forget if it was target or walmart but they're like talking about how to spot resellers like they're trying to train their employees to avoid these guys but what can you really do in the end right unless you actually put unit limits on the sales which is what they used like I remember this was back in 2006 with the Saga Collection 2 Imperial Shuttle. I remember when that came out it was a Target exclusive at the time. I remember like I bought two of them. My mother and I bought two of them. And I remember they gave us a really hard hassle with that. Like it was like they really like they really scrutinized us. And it's like and I get it like retail employees don't care like they they gen genuinely don't care so it's like eh, who cares as long as the product sells. But it's like you just—I'm I'm not even talking about availability. I just mean like the sheer breadth of product. Like the good the, news I, is, well, I can news. order the black series of the Mando helmet on Target, which, is, which isn't going to be available until sometime what in May? Uh, April first. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, why wasn't that ready to go by like November of this year? 
Like, if I walked into a Target today, I would have easily dropped $100 on that. And, like, why are they waiting till May when nothing's happening for Star Wars unless something is happening and they just haven't announced it? But, like, I don't know. Like, why wouldn't you have something ready for that, like, in November? Like, like let's time- talk about the fact that the they have the Ahsoka Tano FX Elite lightsaber, but you only get one of them, and it's the old version of her lightsaber. It's not the white one. What What peasantry is this? Is it? Well, well, you well, should just buy. You should just be buying the new Dooku saber instead. That is all. You, that's what you should do. Yeah. Yes, it is. You have to go to Galaxy's Edge and buy the Ahsoka saber. Oh, for God, like three hundred dollars a but, pop. But the COVID and this one's two fifty a pop. Oh my God! And it's God. her old lightsaber from the that the series that apparently Ellie didn't watch because be a lot of things at this point. Yes. Um. No, I was about to say. Um. Ellie is currently only two episodes behind right now, and. Um, her response to where's, um, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn was who? And I was like, blue McRed eyes. Yeah. So then I had to show her several pictures and she's like, oh my gosh, that looks like Pierce Brosnan. And I was like, (laughs) yes, it does. (laughs) It's like, yep, Zach's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, just the merchandising thing is all over the place. Like, Chris, I'm not sure if you collect, like, any of, like, the Chris... It's funny, I've been really delving hard into, like, Star Wars Hallmark ornaments as a new thing to kind of collect. Speaking of scalping. Yeah, oh, God. Like, it's literally been possible to find the Baby Yoda Hallmark ornament. I have a first-hand experience of that. So I also have first-hand experience of that. I tried... I think six Hallmark stores and only only one of them, the the display model was still up and all the other five, the display model was already sold mm-hmm. like right off the one they have on the wall. Right. And I was, I asked them, I was like, I, listen, everyone I go to, this is sold. Like, just sell me the display model. And they're like, well, we're still taking pre-orders, so we're not going to do that at this time. So uh, like, okay. so like, you know, I went it back in there four days later and it was gone. But it's probably one of the staff wanted it or something. But who knows, man? But that, yeah, that one's tough. Even there was a, they did put out a Mandalorian one this year too. That one's a little easier to find, but still pretty scarce. I remember with the Baby Yoda one, like, like when they put all their stuff out, like in August, the floor, like the floor display, like you said, was already gone by like August. Like I never came across it. Even on the website, it was always out of stock every time I looked for it. And I, not to say that I was going to buy it, but like I wanted to at least see it in person once. I saw like, it in person once, and I would have bought it if I could have. It was pretty good. It's, it's pretty yeah. nice, like from what like, yeah. from what I've seen of like YouTube yeah. videos of it. Uh, but like, it's weird that like even the uh, the Mandalorian ornament that's like season one, like the season one armor, yeah. or early season one armor, is even that's been like I think even on eBay that's going for I think forty five fifty dollars, which is more than double like MSRP. Yeah, I found that one at one store, and it was my consolation prize. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding out for the inevitable like Biscar armor, like one they do. Um, I really can't stand that like first like first couple episode armor. I just can't really? stand how ugly it looks. Yeah, I just don't like it. even the uh, even the black series figure I had. I had to put it, I put it like back in the packaging and I plan on reselling it. I I, I, I did the, I did the same thing, but it was just because I had that white day one box. So like I got like eighty oh. bucks. I got eighty bucks for it, oh, even though it was yeah. open. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have the carbonized version, which I know is not as rare as the white box. But uh, like yeah. I said, ever since I got the uh, the Biscar armor one from this from like the last wave of Black Series, I'm like, okay, I don't I don't need the first season one anymore. Um, but but yeah, Star Wars collecting. You know what thing I think is really interesting? Just I, I promise, folks, we'll get into uh, 
actual topical stuff and not just Chris and I talking about the state of collecting uh, Star Wars crap. Um, you know what thing of Star Wars merchandise? I'm kind of surprised. That, like, I can't find anywhere after seeing it clogged shelves in September. It's that, like, role-playing Darksaber. That is nowhere to be. I cannot find that. Not that I can't I find it. it either. I wanted to find it after Russ went on about, like, how it looked just like the one from um, Power Rangers. That was I wanted there, to be like, I'll prove you wrong. That was me. Louisiana there, man. There's tons of it over here. Wait, every really every Toys R Us has, like, 20 really? just sitting around, there, yeah. There, like, that was something I found at every single, like, back in September, like, every Target and Walmart I went to, I found those. Now those are, like, you cannot find, I, I still find um, Rise of Skywalker, like, Kylo Ren and Ray Sabres. But like I cannot find the dark saber anywhere. Like it's that's weird. it's weird that it would be a popular Christmas present for kids because it's like it's really not in the show. Like it's in the show at the end of season one for a few seconds. So it's like how does a, how does a, a kid want something like that? How I, do they, I, know, don't, I don't. I I don't even think it's kids. I think it's honestly adult like adult collectors that are going after that. Because like think about it. like I grew up with all those like Phantom Menace, Pack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, like twenty dollar Hasbro lightsabers. And this is like the first time they basically had a brand new design that they never did before. And I could see a lot. Like I was even tempted to buy it until like I looked at the giant pile of like lightsabers I have. And I'm like, no, I, I can't justify $30 on this. And I, I don't think it's kids. I really, well, don't you know, you could get rid of, you could get rid of the scream saber and make some room. I, I never bought that. I only went to stores and screamed at it for 15 seconds at a time. <laughs> I mean, the, the memes were real. The product stayed on the shelf though, every single time after I handled it. That's how COVID got spread, folks. We are responsible. We had all of our listeners go around and sit there, handle, manhandle those things. And that's how the germs infected everybody. It's true. All, all right. So we've, we've, we've got the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Like, isn't this the first time it's officially been announced? No. It's been Why am I the like one getting years. this show back on track? That's weird. Right. Um, it's the first time for everything, right? I know. It, it was so, announced with Ewan McGregor and Kathleen Kennedy uh, on stage. I forget. Was that like Celebration 2019? Maybe it was, yeah. But uh, McGregor will be back, also joined by Hayden Christensen as Vader. I'm, I'm, so if they meet each other again, I'm going to be violently angry. They're going to. No. And here, Ka you know what Kathleen Kennedy said Zach, about Zach, that Zach, show? Don't you, Zenger, don't you mean no? Do you? Uh, I like the, love the Doppler effect on that. But um, she uh, in that presentation, I believe she said that it will be the rematch of the century, which is so troubling in a variety of ways. Okay, so they are just ignoring the fact that there's a that there's an original trilogy now. I think. Well, they're ignoring like how Revenge of the Sith. Like, I mean, as far as Lucas was concerned. They like he had all he wanted to say about Anakin and Obi-Wan from the end of episode three to a new hope. Like he tried to wrap that up with episode three. I don't think he would have ever gone back and like muddied that a lot more. And it's like I it's like I didn't I could have believed they wouldn't have much interaction with each other. But when she says that calls it the rematch of the century, it's like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? It's crazy. I a presence I haven't felt since eight years ago where they forced me to retcon myself back into this shit. Anyways, I'm going to go beat up an old space wizard real quick. That's what they're going to put into the new, new, new remasters of New Hope. Well, and then also, well, but the fact that Hayden's even in it means that they're going to find excuses for him to get the mask off. 
Okay. I want, okay. I agree with Chris. It's like, I, it's funny. I was at work Thursday night and one of the guys I work with is a big star Wars person. And he was like, feeding are you looking in the mirror me. again? No, 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 <laughs> no. I think it's funny. There's actually a guy, a different person at my work. He's a manager and he has like three star Wars tattoos on his forearms. Yet I am definitively known as the star Wars person. I, I, that delights that delights me that like that's all it takes is just again i just go into the room and it's like star wars and everyone just kind of hovers around me um it's something happens in the mandalorian someone just automatically it's like they, they seek me out and they're like so why this happened and i'm like you have to understand like i thought the empire was gone and i'm like it's the imperial remnant like who's thrawn and i'm like oh god this is gonna be a 40 minute oh, dissertation oh it's funny how I thought the Empire was gone is like literally a line that occurs multiple times in the series. Oh, no, I got a better one the other day. I got somebody that's like, but that is like the baby version of Yoda. Like he will grow up to be Yoda. And I'm like, for like, you, you think that is the character Yoda, not just. And they're like, yeah, that's why everyone calls it baby Yoda. Right. And I'm like, oh, and they're like, this takes place before all the movies. Right. And I'm like, oh, I don't know where to start with this discussion. It's almost as if Disney didn't think about these things before they put them into motion with their cynical cash grab idea. I mean, I listen, like if you're watching this show and you literally see in an episode the second Death Star blowing up and you still aren't confused about where it takes place in the timeline. Like, I don't care that you're confused. You stop drinking just, when just, you're watching the episode. Yeah, just stop. <laughs> just keep eating popcorn and watching it and making them have great viewership numbers. Like, and I'm not answering your questions. Yeah, exactly. don't come to me with your questions that make my brain like hurt a lot. Speaking of making my brain hurt, wait, 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 wait. I was like, I get back to the point about the uh, Darth Vader and Obi Wan rematch thing. The, oh, the, before, before I, I, I want to move on. No, 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 because I get my two, I gotta get my two cents here because I was right about something, and I oh, actually wow. have, I actually have it on recording. That's the best part about doing this podcast now is that when I make predictions about how Disney's going to do dumb things, I can actually go back and point to specific episodes and be like, "There it was, folks. I was right." Um, when I you know, go back to my story about work, like there was a guy I work with, he was feeding me all this information throughout the night. And he's like, oh, like they say, like, like, like the Obi-Wan series is confirmed. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we've heard this before. He's like, no, but like Darth Vader's going to be in it. And they say it's going to be the rematch of the century. And like, I, much like Chris said, like, I felt like this giant pit in the like, bottom of my stomach. I'm like, oh, God, are they really that stupid? Are they really going to ruin like a new hope? Are they going to do that? And then like I read the stuff, like I saw the stuff that Kathleen Kennedy said and like what Deborah Chow has said. And I'm like, oh, God. And I know exactly who to blame for this. I know exactly who to blame for why they're making Hating this decision. Nope. Do you? Okay, Chris remembers this. I'm not sure if Zenger does. Remember like a year and a half ago, we did an episode on this internet thing that went viral in the Star Wars community called Scene 38 Reimagined? Oh, I love that. That is the exact reason why we are getting rematched between Vader and Obi-Wan. That is the exact reason why, because they saw that that stupid thing online got a bunch of traction, and they feel that's what get that's what get people excited. Oh, wait, that's what, wait, that's what's going to get fans in their late fifties, early sixties excited. For some reason, they think that's what people want, and that's the sort of crap they're going to they're going to pipe they're going to pump into this. And like Chris said, we're going to devalue the original trilogy in the process. We're going to devalue Revenge of the Sith's ending in the same time. Because it's just, it's low-hanging fruit. 
and it's gonna get it's gonna be something that trends on Twitter for a couple hours the morning that episode or that happens debuts, and uh, everyone gets to go home happy except for the people who actually care about uh, forty plus years of lore. So what if they have it to where the because this this is supposed to be a limited series, right? That it's a limited series until they see how much money it makes them. Well, I was about to say, what if the end of it is a rematch of the fight on the Death Star? Like, it's reshot and everything, but it's them both digitally aged up and Hayden Christensen wandering around in a suit of armor so he can feel good about himself. Could you imagine what if, if they that's impl- what they do instead? <laughs> Could you imagine if they implied that, like, when 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 we were watching when we were cutting away to Lou Khan and Leia in the Death Star, the fight just got way more intense for the brief moments we weren't <laughs> yes, watching. Yes, I, I in my head canon, that's what happened. Like like they're, they're both doing flips and stuff, and like like so doing all the weird uh, prequel stuff all the pl- all over the place. So so, so unsettling. No oh my I, god. You know what? I'd be down for it. Because if they do anything else, I will be violently angry. Like if they like if they do something so literal as like have Obi Wan literally go to the Death Star so that it's like funny when Vader says you shouldn't have come back. Like oh my god, is that basic and stupid? Well, I'm like, what does does Vader go to tattooing and is like, oh he's here, let me go defeat him, and then leaves and then is randomly like, oh we're over tattooing. That's the again. thing. That Vader planet, can't come. That is my yeah. home. Vader can't go to Tatooine. That makes that makes a new hope so silly. So like Obi-Wan's gotta leave Tatooine. He's been to Tatooine before, I think, in the comics. Yeah, he has, because he's he's um talked to Jabba and stuff in the comics. Okay, but like he can't go there in the sense of looking for Obi-Wan. Cause cause what? He he goes like in his TIE Fire directly by that moisture farm and be like, ha, that's the moisture farm that my um would it be stepfather? Yeah, stepfather yeah. owns. Huh. I guess I shouldn't check out what's going on there. Shows Luke sitting there in like some weird Star Wars like tricycle riding it in the sand, going, Well, Ooh, a TIE fighter. There is there I mean, it's it's kind of in it is in Empire and Jedi where that like you see that Vader does have a separate agenda from the Emperor and he does keep stuff from him. Because like you, it's some it's sort of baked into that idea, like that conversation in the Empire Strikes Back, even in both versions after they changed it, where it it kind of like when the Emperor brings up Luke, it kind of sounds like Vader's playing dumb, like it's like he's it seems like he already knew something, but he's you, you know you, what I mean when he's t- want when me he, to spoil some fun for you, yeah sure. In the comics, it is pointed out that it after it's before Empire. Vader gets none other than Boba Fett to go find out who was the pilot that took out the Death Star. See, I'm okay with that. And he finds out the name, goes to Vader, tells him the name, and Vader, like, gets angry and breaks a ton of stuff. Right, but, like... With the Force. He doesn't move. He just stands there and shatters a ton of stuff. But, you know, in the delivery of the lines in Empire, it it kind of seemed to me like he was... Like, he wanted to feign ignorance about it. Maybe that's maybe that's my imagination, but it, I always kind of felt that. But way your imagination that. is made canon now by me saying that the comics covered right. that. Right. <laughs> None other than Boba Fett himself was the one who delivered said who's, message, and who's now turning out to be just you know he's grown so much morally. He's like a real good guy now. He's a real indifferent individual. That's he's there. getting he's and getting really wholesome. Three, 
and that took six hours out of their time on on hunting this child to go get his armor repainted. Listen, no, they didn't. Quill Quill built a new hovering tram in like three hours. The guy has enough time to respray paint his armor. It's probably he's probably got the paint on the ship somewhere. And why would he have never Which, done that before? Exactly. Thank because, you. Because okay, you. that's fine. Except for when you think about. <laughs> when you think about how crappy it actually looked by this point, like when Cobb Vanth had it, like some of the chest was like, you're just straight seeing the metal. Like the paints. Like oh, but I mean, he looked like a dream boat in it. So he could have worn whatever and it would have been fine. I just love the fact that there's still a ding in the helmet. That's how you know it's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> what hit that helmet? It was in Clone Ked Wars. Ding. Yeah. Ked Ding. Ked Ding That's like not shot the anymore. off his head. But isn't there another thing where, like, in episode two, like, the dent, like, shows up, like, right before Django dies? I, 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 You are implying that I watch episode two, so I will ignore that statement. I, I feel like, I feel like they tried to show the dent happening in episode two, but it's like a blink and you'd miss it kind of thing. It's there if you want it to be there, from what I remember. Like, if you choose for it to be there at that moment, Sure. It's like literally right before he dies. I'm pretty, I think, but yeah, some it's, I think that's a thing. Whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, Kenobi series. I, 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 I don't care. Um, it reminds (laughs) me very much of the, the last of the Jedi books. I think I've mentioned that they're like, they were a bunch of like, like young adult books. And the very first book is about how, like, Obi-Wan seeks down Fierce Olin, who became, like, one of the founding members of the Rebellion in, like, Legends. Um, and he leaves Tatooine. Uh, like, yeah, that's, like I said, I, I don't care on that level. Um, I, I just don't know how you, you make it compelling. Um, I think if you do Obi-Wan, it has to be kind of like old man hermit in the desert to bring Vader into it is so misguided unless you basically have like Vader, like propaganda stuff or like you have like, you make Vader almost like the B storyline as crazy as that sounds. I, you know what, Zach, I, I like where you're going with this. I'd be fine with that. Just have Vader doing Vader stuff and, and. Uh, Obi-Wan doing Obi-Wan stuff, and then they never think- meet. It's, it's wishful thinking when when it's being hailed as the rematch of the century. It's it, the, the rematch scary. that never happened. Because isn't that the most biggest but rematch we could have? But but that's the thing, though, is that like you do have some people in there that understand like Star Wars isn't just simply a cow to like constantly milk. Like like if you're cowboy hat man, and he has to be in on a lot of these meetings, he has to be there for this. And it's like, how do you like? How do you do rematch of the century without basically doing it like how, like the most cynical way possible is how we're imagining it right now. Like, how's there a way this for them to market rematch of the century without pissing off fans? Listen, man, one like Cowboy Hat Man, I, I like, I like I involved with this one. I, I, he's not really, I don't think, but. But, but he's there, though. I mean, he's there in the sense of, like, he... I would imagine he looks at a lot of stuff. And he gives not direct approval, but I would imagine that he probably signs off on things from a distance. Right. Um. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I can't see them doing, like, another... Like, like verbatim scene 38 reimagined. Um. I think this is just marketing. Uh, if everybody remembers, like, this Obi-Wan show had a completely different showrunner, like, a year ago. Like, a year and a half ago. And they really threw everything out. 
And so, yeah, because they were close, real close to starting production, weren't they? And then they it got it got pushed off. Like I heard they were building sets and stuff like a couple years ago. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, like when they say rematch of the century, I don't know what it is that they would be doing. Like that's the thing is that like I I can't see I can't see a ten year older like I don't know Chris again you two zenger. Like, like we've all joked, like the Obi Wan Kenobi series is gonna be the Mythos statue, and that's it. So, like, can you imagine that verse? Like, imagine taking your sideshow collectibles, hot toys, Mythos Obi Wan, and having it fight your hot toys Darth Vader. Like, is that compelling? Like that, the idea of that doesn't get me excited as a Star Wars fan. Almost like, as compelling as this week's episode of Mandalorian that we have mentioned not whatsoever. We've talked about repainting the armor. That's in the episode. So we oh, okay. kind of we dipped our toe in the water. Um, we'll I guess we'll it. get to it eventually for those who are eagerly listening. Question mark. <laughs> um, um, that's the thing, though. Like, I'm not excited about that. Like, I don't care. Like, we already got to see, like, I, again, when Revenge of the Sith came out, I was 12 years old. I remember ever since like 2000, like reading like websites on the internet, hearing about like Obi-Wan and Anakin's duel on the lava planet and always being like, oh man, like can't wait for that to happen. And for all intents and purposes, like the fandom never really complained about the duel on Mustafar, right? No. Right, Chris? Like did the fandom ever complain Um, about the Obi-Wan versus Anakin duel? There's, I do do remember a little bit about like the parts where like that big piece falls over the waterfall and there and Anakin jumps like a hundred feet. Like I do remember hearing a little bit of shade about that, but other than that, not really. But like, it was never like, like, like at large, the phantom never complained about how Darth Vader, like how Darth Vader quote unquote pre-suit got burned by lava. Like nobody ever complained about the duel. Um, any sort of like in a way that like the same way people complained about the phantom menace being like, like bam, like there was ever one of those things that everybody rallied around. Well, the media portrayed is rallied around. Right. Yeah. Like and, generally and, much more positively received. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's considered what the second best duel in the saga after the duel of the fates, because like it's, it's to me, I think it's better than duel of the fates because there's actual emotional substance behind it. But it's the idea that like, I don't know. It's, it's rematch of the century for no other reason than it's a marketing line. It's like there's nothing you you can't top the duel on Mustafar because I hope like, that's all it is. Like, what do you what? It's just marketing. It's nothing more than that. Yeah, because I think hopefully it's literally just about the fact that they knew they were announcing Hayden being on the show, and it's a fun line to throw in when you're announcing that Hayden's going to be part of it. Hopefully, that's the, all it is. But this is the weird thing about bringing Hayden Christensen back. Is that like everybody? Not everybody. A lot of people want him back in the Last Jedi as a Force Ghost. They didn't do that. And I think even Ryan Johnson came out a couple of weeks ago and was like, oh, we considered putting him in the uh, Octo tree on fire scene as opposed to Yoda. And then like everyone's like, oh, man, like, like we're going to sit there, get him in the Rise of Skywalker during Force Ghost Parade. And we got a voiceover. And I know the, the conjecture is that like they filmed a bunch of that stuff and we're never going to see it. Like that's the thing is that like to finally bring Hayden Christensen back just to put him in the suit. It's like, like you, you, yeah, I, mean, I know Chris probably remembers it. I don't know if you do Zenger, but on the original trilogy, like DVD box set, like they had that big feature about how they went out of their way 
to put Hayden into the like the suit for the ending of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And because like what he's like four inches shorter than like David Prowse or something. And like I just don't get And he like, begged George Lucas apparently to do it. Yeah. So like if you're gonna bring Hayden back, bring him back as Anakin Skywalker. Like if they're gonna do flashbacks, then by all means, like if they're gonna give us like actual live action the Clone Wars, then like by all means, that I could be excited. Oh my for. gosh, oh. you can have live action Ahsoka in there now, technically. I know with awkward uh the uh, head head tentacles and everything. It's gonna be great. Um that's and that's she doesn't it. look like she's aged a day since the Clone Wars, which will just <laughs> no, no, make exactly. everyone she confused. Looks, she looks older in the flashbacks than what she does in the actual TV show at the time. That's the oh, part perfect. of all that. Perfect. But that's the thing. Like, if it's, if Hayden's coming back so we can have flashbacks to the Clone Wars era, then by all means, that would be a lot of fun. But to have a just, again, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader rematch seems horribly misguided. So on to, on to uh, Rangers of the New Republic. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, yes. we, we already second, went over that. The second it's best gonna... decision of the show, of this announcement. No, it, we've already went over it. It's just going to be Boba Fett the show. It's just a misleading title. Rangers of the New Republic. I, I don't even know. Like, Is this another fighter pilot like thing? Or is this going to be like Cara doing the show? I'm sorry, Marshall doing the show. I'm thinking the latter, and they they basically said that it it's gonna it takes place during the Mandalorian, so and it has like a shared conclusion. So I'm guessing like the end of season four of the Mandalorian is gonna tie in with the end of this limited series in some way, where you get part of the story in this show and the rest in the Mandalorian. That's kind of what they said in the well, description. Doesn't, well, doesn't it also tie into the Ahsoka series as well? Well, presumably that would be at the same time. And then when you think about it, you also have like the Cassian show, uh, the Lando show and Obi-Wan probably all take place around the same time. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see some overlap there, too, just because they won't be able to help themselves. Well, Obi-Wan takes place during the original trilogy era. Well, it said it said 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. And well, the and the movie Solo is seven years no, after he, Revenge of the Sith, so like the Lando saying, series is probably pretty close to that. Yeah, he was saying the Obi Wan and or oh. and. Oh um, Lando! Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And, so and yeah, Lando those Rangers and Rangers those three Ahsoka are pretty close. And yeah. then Ahsoka Rangers and Mando will share like. Yeah, they, they're later. They didn't tell. They didn't give us any details on Lando. We don't even know. They literally just are like Lando series, and Moving nobody on. cheered. Yeah, they didn't even like I mean, they, I feel like I think it's just like an internal corporate ego thing that they like they they f feel indignant about the reception of Solo and they just demand to like tie up some of those loose ends and act like it was a success. So like I think that's all that's going on there because like they just had ideas they wanted to play out and there's what other form form format are they going to do it in? I don't want it. I don't I'm good. But uh, like I don't need to see why Darth Maul had a different gang before he died. But that's the thing, though, is that, like, if they were to do, like, a criminal syndicate show, like, I'm, like, on board for that. Like, that's the thing, like, I'm not on board. Like, in a sense, like, it's not what I would do if I was in charge, but at least I'd be like, okay. But, like, that's the thing that's fascinating about this, like, investors, like, call, is that, like, nothing they just they throw nonsense around? Yes, exactly. 
nothing about this got me excited as a Star Wars fan. I'm just like, eh? I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, I guess. Like, I would imagine at least half of these projects will never see the light of day. They'll just kind of dissipate into the ether from which they came. But, like, especially when they have no release dates. Like, nothing says we don't know what we're doing than not getting a release date. Like, it's um, really easy to uh, say, correction. like, oh, like, Bad Batch has release date of 2021. Well, yeah, because we actually have, they actually gave us substance of that. They also gave us Patty Jenkins flying an X-Wing and roller skating. No, 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 we're going to, no, no, we're going to talk, no, 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 no. I have a lot of problems with that video. We will get to it. Oh, same. That that was probably the most awkward announcement for anything in like major media in a while. And you could, oh man, it looked like somebody, you could almost see the executive like, like pulling her arm, pulling, pulling her arm, like get her to do that. Like, like these aren't like, I feel like a director like that is the last person who wants to do some like crap like that. You know what I mean? Like it was probably in the, in the deal. Okay. Okay, we have okay, we okay, we're definitely into this right now. Um, I oh, don't. Don't you want again, to talk about a droid story or visions, which I think they mixed up with the Marvel they, announcements? Once they, once they actually tell us what any of this stuff is about, like half of the projects announced, they did not even give descriptions of. Like the visions thing is like anime Star Wars, and I was like. We have that. It's called Star Wars Clone Wars. It's not going to be any better. They're like, Star Wars, the droid story. I'm like, that's like nine movies already. We don't need that. They're like, <laughs> Rangers of the New Republic. Don't even give a description about that. I'm like, okay. Taiko Watini Star Wars. You don't even have a title. Fantastic. And they just keep going through this. And it's like, you can't, like, Lando. Which Lando is it? Lando. Moving on. <laughs> and it's like, No. Like, this feels almost as pathetic as what DC Warner Brothers did, like, in 2014, where they announced, like, Cyborg, Aquaman, Cyborg 2, Aquaman 2, Flashpoint. And it's like... How many of those have we gotten? None. Exactly. That's what this... Okay, I'm not sure how many people remember this, but this was was back when I was really on the Marvel hype train. This was, like, October of 2014, um, because Disney owns the El Capitan Theater in, in Los Angeles or Hollywood. They did this big thing where they had Kevin Feige come out on stage. All the Marvel like like actors were there, like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, like, and they announced their entire, I think, like phase two and like phase three slate. And they made like this really big fan of it. They gave out posters. It, like, it created hype because like they announced everything up until, and I'm not making this up, the Inhumans movie that was coming in 2020. Oh, I remember and, that. And yes. And like, guess what? Like a month later on like the investors call for like Warner Brothers, they did something not even remotely similar. They literally just dumped a bunch of release dates and movie announcements with like no fanfare. In no details, nothing specific, like pretty much just like, oh, Aquaman, Aquaman 2, Cyborg, Cyborg 2. And that's what they did. And that's what this feels like. It feels like just a dump of information, which is what Disney's been doing a lot lately with Star Wars. It's the exact same thing I was complaining about last year at this time, that we got Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order, Rise of Skywalker, the what's it called? Star Wars Resistance, all in the span of like a month. And they just dump it. Like they don't care. Like it's like, and you look at what they're doing with Marvel. Everything that was at that Marvel part of the investor call was laid out. It had footage. They described what they were doing. 
they're like, okay, this is how this is gonna lead into this. This is how we're gonna do that. Oh, here's here's Miss Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. They laid it out so neatly, and you just have Disney, and they're just like, here you go. And they turn the fire hose on, and like you, and after after like the initial thirty seconds of hype, you're sitting there just kind of like soaked, and you're like, like yay. It's like, I, I just, I don't get it. And like getting this back to the point of the Patty Jenkins video, like, again, the story about like her father being like a fighter pilot who died, like while he was flying, like a hundred percent respect to that. My condolences. But like that video is the definition of cringeworthy because like it begins and I'm like, what the hell are we looking at? Like you see just like cracks in asphalt and I'm like, is, is this supposed to be like a shot? Like, like, is this Kylo Ren flying the TIE silencer again from the Rise of Skywalker teaser? And then you see Patty Jenkins like awkwardly like rollerblading. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Then like she parks in the middle of like like a landing strip on an airfield. And I'm like, that's not a good place to park. This is why we have parking lots. Yeah. And then like we see we see her awkwardly like sit in her trunk as she like starts to take her pants of off. Of her Tesla. Like, what kind? Yes, of her Tesla. She and oh man, the line. And the line Whoa. delivery is just so bad, and she, yes. she's just hobbling and, through it. Yes, and, is she, uh, and the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, is she taking her pants off? I'm like, what is going on here? I'm like, there's kids <laughs> watching at home. And I'm like, what is this? Then we, at the very end, we see her, like, in the whole time, like, she's talking, she's giving her spiel, she's, like, reading off a cue card, and then, like, we see her, like, the camera eventually pulls back, and we see that, like, she was taking her pants off to put on, like, like third rate, like cosplay X-wing fatigues. Yeah. As we see her awkwardly walk toward like an AR X-wing, and I'm and they're like December 2023 Rogue Squadron. Oh, so I've like, so many things about that. Oh my it's god! Like, and, I'm, and the whole time I'm like, I'm like, I'm like what? I'm like this. This felt like a bad car commercial for like a car I can't buy. Like, well, this is why I imagine like. It's like it, it just—it it did not get me excited. I felt sorry for everybody involved more than it's a weird else. Tesla commercial. They really <laughs> don't focus on the car. Well, you know, uh, I, and I was—I uh, was got an exchange with a guy on. If you ever—if you ever want—if you ever like feeling the Jones for some some not my Star Wars type of uh, community comedy, you can join that Rebel Force Radio Facebook group where you can just see people like. It's a half decent show, but oh my god, is that Facebook group full of idiots? So like, I was arguing with a guy in there because he was like, "Hard line, we're taken." Oh, it is. I, 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 come at me. I'm in the group. You, I'm in that group. You guys can find me. But um, but like, I, this guy was like, "Oh, I'm so excited to finally get a Rogue Squadron movie." I'm like, "Did you notice it's that not it takes be place? What you won." Yeah, it's. Did you notice it takes place after Episode Nine? And the guy's like, "No, uh, she got in a regular X-wing at the end of that clip." I'm like excuse me like do you think that clip is telling you anything about this movie at all like that's something they had sitting around or it was ar like zach was saying like that's just something they had like they that's not from the movie they have more this movie has more development time than the force awakens had <laughs> like they're not there yet they don't know what this movie is yet like i don't like that's like yep. look look how much rogue one changed like during production like they don't know what this movie is exactly going to be yet and, and and if and and if and they're calling it Rogue Squadron, and like uh, like fans of a certain age like have a lot of association with that when they say that you think of something, you think of something very strongly, and that's not what you're gonna get. So I don't yeah, know exactly. I think of, so. This is gonna be me playing the like Nintendo 64 game for two hours. Yeah. Um, like, you know how, you know, the biggest tell that that's not where you're going to get is that, like, that Squadrons game wasn't even that. 
Like that's I they, still need to play my copy of that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, but like, but, you, but what I'm saying is they couldn't even recreate. They, they couldn't even recreate the the magic of Rogue Squadron with a modern uh, X-wing versus Tie Fighter game. It, so like, they're the not going to do it with this thing movie. in the world. Make a flight simulator that is Star Wars. How hard is this to do? The mo- like, I like, listen. Like, there is some fun stuff with with squadrons where just like sorry you can allocate the energy in the to the different systems of the vehicle but like but like i know i know i didn't love it i know i didn't love it because i haven't fired it back up since i finished the campaign which was awful so that i'm just saying like if they don't if they didn't understand what rogue squadron was to make that and it's debatable whether they were trying to make it more evocative of earlier games like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and stuff like that. Fine. But like, I don't think they nailed it there. This movie is going to be nothing to do with that. It's going to like, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a few good X-Wing scenes, but you're going to have to sit through a lot of nonsense to like, enjoy that stuff. And it's, I don't know. Like I, it's just, they should call it that because that has so much association with it in the fan base. And there's no chance it's going to be anything like that, especially once you say it's but, after episode nine. But, 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 Chris, Rogue Squadron has brand awareness, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it connects to the property. Yeah, I mean, people well, recognize the name to some degree. I mean, the last game was probably 17 years ago, out of three yeah, games. That was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But here's the thing. When when you told me Solo, I instantly went to, oh, cool. We're going to be getting a Red, Red Solo Cups. Cup movie. Damn yeah. it. And then I went and there was some story about someone who was obviously not Han Solo. Han Alono. Yes, very much so. I don't know. Like, that's End like, we, uh, there. I, that's the thing. I don't want to be down on this because, like, I I am on the hype train for Star Wars. Like, obviously, the first point, the whole point of this conversation before we start delving into this news is like we are still hungry for Star Wars stuff. It was just that, like, it's like they've done this one too many times where they promise something. Like Chris said, like this is movie has more development time than probably any other Disney era Star Wars film, and it's it's. As we know, development hell is a very real thing when it comes to Disney Star Wars. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if two years from now we hear that Patty Jenkins leaves this film. I, I would be almost shocked if we don't get that headline. That'd be a rough headline for them because, like, I think they. No, no, it's no. I, I, I think that, but I think I. They've lost a bunch of people. Yeah, but they take they take pride in Patty Jenkins, like they, you know, they're like they're they're like we're we're, they, you know, they they're they're proud that she's doing it. I think it's not. It'd be a bigger deal than losing Lord and Miller because there was no one like people who understand the film industry and think that Lord and Miller got a raw deal. were making videos about how crappy it was that they got fired, but you will have casuals making videos with rage about Patty Jenkins getting fired. <laughs> but like, we also have to realize this. Think about where the world, think about it this time last year in the star Wars fandom, it was oh man, like rise of Skywalker. Like what the hell is going to happen with all this? Like that's, that's just star Wars fandom. Never mind the current like movie landscape that we're in right now. What will it look like three years from now? And that's the thing. That, Is like, anyone else I, just seeing also... flames? <laughs> yes. Um, but like, 
remember, Wonder Woman 1984 comes out in a couple of weeks. And Does it? You guys, well, yeah, it's going to be on HBO. Uh, until it's I am physically able to watch that from beginning to end, I don't believe nothing. But like, okay, Zanger, you're, and I don't know how much Chris has his finger on the pulse of this sort of stuff, but like, is there any word on how good Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be? Like, is there oh. any like gauge of like, has anybody seen this yet? Nope. I'm not on social nope. media. Nope, I have seen nothing. Just the, just this, this, it's going to be good thing. And, and I've already and predicted the entire over- story of the movie too. I think the yeah. standard for it to get a positive review at this point is if it comes out. <laughs> the, the lowest because, bar ever set for a DC movie. But like that, but like yes and no because like think about it. Like I would imagine there's no way Patty Jenkins is going to make Wonder Woman three between now and 2023. So like that's the thing. Like her, I don't want to say her stock is going to diminish. She's again, she's she's blockbuster female director like that's always gonna write her enough of a check that she never has to worry like when it comes to like the virtue signaling media but like i don't know though is that like is she a huge get she made one blockbuster female-led superhero movie and everybody forgets that like summer 2017 was a really bad summer for movies like, there really wasn't anything else out there. Like, like the Marvel movies were Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming, which Zach, were both kind of meh comic book movies. Zach, you're, you're conflating two things, whether she's uh, actually good. You're conflating whether she's actually good or not versus the perception. And, like, they're concerned. Like, the perception is that she's good. I haven't well, seen I, I haven't mean. seen Wonder Woman. I don't like I don't care it's for fine. superhero movies. It's it's Captain America, but with woman, like with Wonder Woman. And that's what it is. Like that's the thing, is that like, sure, they'll get their headlines. I'm not arguing that. They could but they could have hired any female director and they would be getting their headlines. And that's the thing, is like there's like oh god. Remember, everybody forgets Patty Jenkins. I think it was Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins worked on uh, I think it was Thor the Dark World. And they fired her, and Natalie yep. Portman got really angry. And, like, everybody forgets that. Like, Ava DuVarnay was working on Black Panther and, like, was going to work on Black Panther. And she was like, nope. And, like, they do we not forget that when it comes to Disney Star Wars, there are, have been more directors fired than have actually seen their films to completion? Like, do we need, like, we not forget well, that? Like, well, but you might also have this problem where I think it's kind of what what happened with Spielberg and that new Indiana Jones where like, like the, the dealing with Disney and Lucasfilm can be just during this pre-production process and nailing down the story could probably, is probably one of the most unpleasant experiences ever for these people. And like, and it's like the Spielberg thing. Like, I feel like it was, it's common knowledge that it was creative differences over the script while he left the project. And like, and I, could you could see somebody like Patty Jenkins, like whether whether you b- b- buy into the hype of her as, as this amazing director or not, if you're in, you're in year two of development, you haven't started rolling yet, and it just seems like you've put a huge chunk of your life into this project that the suits are holding up, and it's you're just spinning your tires dealing with them, and you're starting to lose faith in the end product. You see how these things fall apart, 
Like, it's kind of reminds me of, like, when Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do The Hobbit. And I feel like he literally said something like it's taking up too much of his life and he doesn't care about it anymore. And that's pretty much how it fell apart. Like, I, I like that's I think I have the same feeling about Spielberg and Indiana Jones. And you could see something like that happening if they just can't get through to the 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 people who have to sign off on the concept. That's what I mean. I, I don't I don't see Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron happening. Like I do not see myself three years from now sitting in a theater for that movie. I just don't. I don't see it happening for many reasons. And I think the current state of the world is just probably one amongst many factors why. I just like so flash forward to three years from now with Zach going, I was sitting in the theater ready to go for this movie. I like okay, but this is another thing too I want to bring up, and I'm so glad that we've been doing a podcast for almost four years now where all of this is on record. Was that back in the yes, aftermath for the lawsuits. of the rise? Yes. In, in the aftermath of the Rise of Skywalker, there was an episode I did discussing the box office of the Rise of Skywalker, which anytime I do a box office episode, the downloads tank. But I like I think I was them. sleeping during that episode. You weren't even involved, so you probably were. I, I, you know what? I was on the call. I just was asleep. Yes. Um, and what I said was the Rise of Skywalker was a financial disappointment. And because of this, they are going to go wholeheartedly into the Disney Plus. I said Star Wars is not going to be a film franchise anymore. It's going to be a streaming franchise. And sure, the current state of the world certainly hasn't bucked that at all. If anything, it's made it more conducive. But once again, I was proven right. Think of all the Marvel stuff that's coming down the pipe when it comes to movies. Doctor Strange, uh, Black Widow. Like Black Widow is still a theatrical release. They aren't pulling putting that on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. But all no, that's there's no way. There's no way they're gonna put down streaming. Cause it's it's the Marvel machine. There's they're not gonna do that. Um they'll, they'll hold it indefinitely, but they're not gonna put it on streaming. Um, or if they do, it's gonna be some ridiculous amount of money. Um Five the point being is that, like, look at all the stuff that was announced. We got two movie announcements. One was vague. The other was incredibly vague to the point where all we got was a weird font of the Star Wars logo, which we haven't even talked about the Taika Waititi thing, which literally it was just a picture of his face with, like, the Star Wars logo done, like, in schoolhouse rock font. Almost. And- oh, God, I can't believe I'm the one bringing this up. Almost similar to like the art style of the holiday special. I know, I know. I picked up on that immediately, which scares the ever living daylights out of me. Um, Is he going to do a new holiday special? Well, that's a successful Lego one. Why not? <laughs> the point being is that like the Marvel machine is still plugging ahead with like three. If if everything is able to rebound next year, three to four movies a year, and Star Wars is being boiled down to one movie every three years, and I think that's just that just tells you that like Star Wars is not their priority. It's only their priority if it's continuing to do whatever they want it to do, and that's the thing that I think again. This is another weird thing I picked up on. On the sizzle reel for uh, the Calrissian Endor show, like, I know I've said this a couple of times, every single time for, like, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, they always the show's do, like, of, what... The show's officially called Endor now, just so you know. It's the Calrissian Endor show. I know last week you guys were all sitting there making comments about Cal Calrissian, and none of you could get the right, wrong name correct. So, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, what's his name? It's Cal Calrissian. Or it's, uh, yeah, Cal Calrissian. Um... 
and that's the thing. Or no, oh my god, no, it's oh my god, these all these stupid fake names. It's and Calrissian Endor, and it's uh oh my god, what did I call Cal Kestis? What did I call him? I think it was just Cal Calrissian as well. Cal Calrissian, yes, yeah. it's Cal. they like they like that sound. Um, Cal Cal, yes, and that's like the thing with all of this is that like. I just, I, I don't know what the point of any of it is other than, I'm sorry. Okay. This is the point I was getting with all this. Was that like when it comes to these um, behind the scenes sizzle real things is like when the force awakens one came out back in like this, what was it? Spring, summer of 2015. It was real sets, practical effects. And then in 2017 for the last Jetty, it was expect the unexpected that clearly nobody heeded. And then for the rise of Skywalking, it was, oh, we're, it's like, we want everyone to be satisfied. We want a satisfying conclusion. And the thing they did for Cal Rizian Endor in the scissor reel, which I thought was fascinating, they kept harping on this point that I really, and again, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, that I've not really seen anybody complain about when it comes to the Mandalorian. And it's something I just brought up in the last couple of weeks was the fact that like, oh, what we're doing on this show is no different than how we treat a movie. The production of this is the same standard that we do on any Star Wars film. And like, I'm like, why are they harping on this when this really isn't like a ubiquitous complaint? Then like, I watched the Mandalorian, like the latest episode, and I kind of, it kind of dawned on me how small the scenes are when they're not like CGI sequences. Like, if you watch the latest episode, every time it's not like a big action set piece, it feels like they're shooting it like in somebody's living room. And like, yes, they have a bunch of like people wearing stormtrooper costumes, which is great. Not knocking that, but like, Oh, like our climax of this episode takes place in a bar. That's the size of probably your average size living room. And I'm like, that's a really like, like again, everything, even like when we see uh Ming-Na Wen in, in Cara Dune talking, it just feels like they're just kind of like sitting off to the side. There's not like this vastness or grandeur that like we're used to visually seeing in any of the films. Like say what you will about like The Last Jedi or The Rise of Skywalker, but like the money is on the screen. Like you might not like what the films do like on an artistic or creative level, but like there's never any point while you're watching those films, you're like, oh, this looks cheap. Even I can't say that about The Force Awakens. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, if once you, if you understand what what they're doing with the volume, especially, you do see how it sort of infects the production of the show. Like it, like obviously, the exceptions to that are when they are actually using practical locations. Kind of like if you go two episodes back, like the 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 one where Fett first came back into it, like that's all just a real space, so it looks pretty good. But like. There is a there is a tendency to sort of do you like that when you have those fully fully uh, uh, digitally rendered environments like you do have a sort of feeling that the actor couldn't really interact with a lot of the stuff around them like they you do notice that distance and it does sort of inform some of the stylistic choices in terms of the shots like you'd like especially in season one you saw a lot of wide shots where the camera was like really low almost to like sort of help blend that horizon line in the volume or something. I don't know, but you did see it come up a lot. So I, I, I kind of get that comment there. It seems with the, the Calrissian Endor show there, that little sizzle they did, they're sort of bringing back around the 
commentary to real sets, practical effects. Which is weird because, like, that's the thing. It's like I don't see anybody complaining about that outside of somebody like me who just likes to nitpick for giggles. But they're doing that again. And like, that's the thing. Like, there's even certain shots, like when you see, like, like on the Razor Crest, and like, like before it got blown up. And oh no! See, yeah, oh, no, no. Right. Pour one out for all the poor people that spent three hundred and fifty dollars plus tax on the Haslab. Like seriously, pour one. I love how that's become a meme. I love that. It's like it's like when you like it's like November seventh when you pre-order your Haslab Razor Crest. December so and so when it blows up at four a.m. in the morning. Like I <laughs> love that so much. Like I've never felt so vindicated not buying a Star Wars product in my life. I've never felt like, whoo. I'm like, you know what? Dodge that bullet. Um, I'm just excited that if Ellie did get me the Razor Crest Lego one, she's going to put it together, and I'm going to make sure she's watching an episode, so the second it gets destroyed, I'm going to run over and just kick it and be like, there, <laughs> <laughs> screen accurate. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like when you watch, like when they would film The Mandalorian with Baby Yoda like in the cockpit, and like Chris said, if you look at certain camera angles and placement, it just feels so small. And, like, you never got that same sort of vibe anytime during the sequel trilogy when they're in the Millennium Falcon. Like, think about it. Like, yes, the Millennium, the cockpit, the Millennium Falcon can seat four, and the Razor Crest, what, can fit three? Am I right about that? Is it three or yes. just two? Well, it's, it's, I, it's, I think it's three, uh, but, uh, you, you know, like, see, it's, I, I find it interesting that you're honing in on that specifically because I feel like that's like, the cockpit of the Razor Crest like is an actual set and like they just sort of use the volume to like project space around it. So like I don't like I'm more talking about stuff like like when he first walks out on that the planet in the first episode and it's just literally like a 2D plane of ice and there's like yeah. nothing. Oh, yeah. And like oh, and, yeah. and, and and like the wall that Ahsoka is like yelling at the magistrate, like that whole exterior oh, yeah. of that wall looked really weird to me, like it oh, very no. sort of empty. Well, yeah, no, I agree. I, I wasn't going to try to go to the first season because I'm trying to give them the benefit right. of the doubt that they're still trying to find their footing. Yeah. Um, you got you got to concede them some things. There is a right. uh, learning curve. But, like, that's what I mean, though. Like, so, even like you were mentioning, when Boba Fett shows, was showed up and we had them, like, we were joking, like, oh, when a bu- like, in the classic, you guys were joking about how, like, oh, a bunch of just, like, joggers found them, like, in the middle of, like, like a campground in California. And well, that's, that's the classic Star Wars like. fan film, like, a bunch of idiots out in the woods hitting each other with sticks, right? Yeah, like, but, like, that's the thing, is that, like, you look at that and, like, juxtapose that to, like, Pasana, and there's not even a comparison. Like, it's the same thing, like, you're a desert location, and yet one feels infinitely more vast than the other, where in reality, they should visually be almost identical, like, the vastness, just, the, like, it's an open, wide desert. And you don't get that feeling, because one is being shot on a TV budget, the other one is shot being shot on a movie budget. And like at the end of the day, like once the hype dance like dies down for the Mandalorian and people stop like worshiping it and we're on like our fifth season of Rangers of the New Republic, it, like people are gonna look back and be like, huh, like you know what? It's gonna be the same thing that happened to the prequels. People are gonna look back on the sequel trilogy and be like, wow, like I wish they would go back to this sort of level, like where they actually pumped the money into this stuff and didn't just make it like ubiquitous quality. Like this feels like Star Wars, like CWDC stuff. 
Like, that's what this feels like. It feels like that, where it's like, okay, we're just churning this out because it's an IP people recognize. Not because, like, oh, we want to tell this story. And I get it. Like, the sequel trilogy outside of maybe The Last Jedi was the only one that, that felt like a story that a specific filmmaker wanted to tell. But, like, at the end of the day, like, Force Awakens or Rise of Skywalker feel grand in scope, even if you don't like the films on any other level. So... So what, so what, and it here, and here it is guys, we're an hour and 15 in. So what do you actually think of chapter 15, Zach? But Chris, we didn't talk about the Acolyte, the, the Disney plus streaming series at the end of the high Republic era, despite the fact we don't even know what happens at the beginning of the high Republic, the high Republic, uh, you know, it's like, could you guys, (laughs) could you guys not not bend over backwards and start doing perpetual backflips in order to avoid giving us the old Republic, please. That's all I have to say about that. But, uh, but, but honestly though, like, it's all like, like I I find it interesting. Like I get the impression you were less excited about this, this one than you were last week's episode. And I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like they should have a mutual uh, appreciation audience. So that's interesting to me. Oh, you mean Mandal? You mean Mandalorian episode yeah. chapter? This one versus previous chapter? Yeah. Um, no, I like this episode. Um, I rewatched it right before we started recording, and there, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Like, I love the scene with uh, Bill Burr in not Mandalorian walking, like driving their uh, their ship it or cargo Star Wars eighteen wheeler in, right. and you have like um, all the Bill uh, Burr was being space racist. Yes. Well, um, it's it's more of a it's he's more he's more hassling a religion than a race, but f- f- fair I, enough. What okay? What is Mandalorian? We'll discuss it later. It's a creed. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like that part where like they're driving in, all the stormtroopers are like saluting them and cheering them. Like I thought that was neat. Like you'd never you've never seen that before in Star Wars. Like that's the sort of stuff as a Star Wars fan I eat up because it's something I've never seen before. I've never thought of it before after being a fan of this franchise for 21 years. Um, I, I I love like that sort of stuff just tickles me. Um, I. I wish the scene with the Imperial, whatever we're going to call him, do we know what rank he was? Um, not uh, at, uh, RoboCop. He, he looked just like, oh God, who's the actor that plays uh, RoboCop? Peter um, Weller. I'm going to help Peter you real Weller, quick. You. What? He's the, um, he's the, oh my God, I'm going to get this wrong and people from Game of Thrones. He's the, like the, Night King. What, Night, thank you. I was going to say Lich King. Which I, I knew never, was wrong, but I was like, I'm right, gonna die on. But this I mean, sales. you can't really tell who that actor is oh, under God, all that no, stuff. You can't. Yeah. Also, I thought it was whoa, weird whoa, that whoa, he. What was his ranking? Do we know what his ranking was? Like he had the he had the the imperial plates on, but I, I've he was a lieutenant commander. Was he? I don't know. I'm just making up stuff. You could okay. you should have just gone with it and said that you looked it up because I'd have believed you. It's good. <sighs> all right, so we had Imperial Peter Weller, not Peter Weller. And, like, that little exchange was a lot of fun, but, like, it felt a little too, like, I don't know what, it felt like somebody who was, like, scrambling to write dialogue five minutes before they started shooting, because, like, they threw a bunch of Star Warsy nonsense in there, yeah, I couldn't get the point of it, I'm like, what is, like, like, Bill Burr is, like, really good in that sequence, 
and not Peter Weller is just like rambling stuff off about like, like, and just doing all this weird story, just like thinly veiled, like foreshadowing, like all the galaxy wants first and foremost is order. First really, it's thing just is order. And yeah, it's kind of to the camera and says first order. Yeah, and I did. I caught that. Oh, like, like, uh, direct. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, and like he gets shot in the chest. And I'm like, I, oh my god, this is so goddamn fisted. But, but do you, uh, that's what I, like that. You know, I like, I like, I really love this episode just because it's just because it's just fun, like assault on Imperial base action with like Slave One, like and seismic charges. So yeah, like, I didn't, like, I didn't like it for any good reasons. I liked it for for like the same reasons why Alien vs Predator Two is good. But <laughs> but but like, you, I want that as your. The uh, the pull quote for this episode of yeah. the Mandalorian. It's it's good for the same reasons that Alien vs Predator Two is good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Disney but would eat, Disney would eat those sort of re- reviews up, Chris. That's a problem, but I did enjoy it. And but <laughs> but 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 that that scene with Bill Burr and that uh, Imperial officer, I it kind of bothered me that like like we see the we see Din Djarin and Bill Burr do a lot of dumb stuff over the course of five minutes. Like yes. Bill Burr tells him that it's going to scan his face. He tries to use it without taking the helmet off. Like, could you guys make some effort not to blow your cover inside an Imperial base, please? Instantly. And then, yeah, he's like instantly like, well, let me just see if it works without doing what he told me to on the secret mission. And then, and then not only that, but then the chance Bill Burr is just riling this guy up and like, forget the fact that he shoots him, but like he starts getting argumentative with him about a battle while they're trying to get out of there. Like what are like you? Know, it, it's just like I don't believe the character would be that dumb. That's what bothered me. And also, like when he like conveniently when he shoots this guy, a few minutes earlier there was a hundred stormtroopers out in that garage. Uh, luckily, it's gone down to like ten. <laughs> in that they all time. on their lunch break at the yeah. exact same time. Yeah, but I mean, like, but my thought as soon as he shot him was like, there's literally a hundred guys in the next room. That's an open door to that room. So what are you thinking, right? But then it just shows it, and it's like, oh, it's just like four or five guys there and a few because, outside. Because it's a TV budget, and they can't afford that. Well, they did have all those guys there earlier, though. That's what I'm saying. Because and it's like, was, when did that, that happen? C- but that's what I mean, though. Because like, it was a CGI thing. They only had, they can only afford like probably half a day of shooting that. I don't that think was that was it. CGI, like all the... The stormtroopers when they well, well I'm talking about when they I, got out of the tank. Oh, and, and, and well, you look at that like in the comp. Well, that's the thing. Like, sure, it probably wasn't, but it probably was like a dozen like five hundred first people, and they just shot them with like different angles right, and right. different sort of just like like what not want to say makeup, but just different like sort of like yeah. oh, what's the word stuff on the on the armor to make it look different, like just dirt and crime. I know, and it probably represents some like, and this is where I have a problem where it's like, is this me or is like, is it me? Because like I seem to have the same issues with this kind of stuff. It's just, it's just the stuff that takes me out of it is just when the a character does something that is just plainly stupid. And it's just like, is that is anyone else noticing this stuff? Is it is there something wrong with my mind that I just like can't get over stuff like that? I don't know. But it, I feel like it's easy writing fixes to just not do these things, and you could end up with the same result where you have the same action pieces and everything, but you didn't have to put in these moments where that are just like why did that happen well I'll, I'll push back on that because i didn't things like that i don't mind because it in my opinion bill burr shooting not peter weller is the exact same action that han solo takes 
when they like turn the corner on the Death Star and he like starts chasing a group of stormtroopers down a hallway on the Death Star. Right, but except for the fact that Bilber is currently successfully undercover and Han Solo was not. But that's the thing, though. So, like, there's no reason why Han Solo should be chasing stormtroopers. The moment those stormtroopers like pull back, he should be running away with Leia and Luke. Like, there's no reason why he would go chasing a group of stormtroopers on an Imperial space station. That's fair. That is one of those moments where the reason it doesn't seem ridiculous to me is because I've never known a time not knowing that moment. Ex- you know, exactly. His grandfather didn't. I, 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, like, that's why I'm willing to forgive this. And, like, that's the thing is that, like, the whole episode, like, here is about, like, rede- it's another one of those, it's another one of those, God, the bad guy can never stay the bad guy. The bad guy, at worst, can stay the anti-hero. And that's what Boba Fett is right now. It's like, oh, Bill Burr was kind of a jerk in the season one episode. And, like, oh, now he's had a complete change of heart. Why? Because the script needs him to. And plus, Bill Burr's a pretty solid actor we're learning because of this show. And it's like, okay, like, he does. Like, he realizes, like, oh, what they're doing. Um, We get a little bit, like, we get a lot of Star Wars stuff about Operation Cinder, which I think is kind of miraculous. They actually referenced that. I was like, I'm like, wow, we're actually going to reference the thing from the Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign? Like, God, ever since the controversy about, like, loot boxes, we kind of ignored everything about that game in the fandom. It's a better campaign Um, than Squadrons. Whoa! That's, that's not, Whoa! That's not, that's Controversial not statement. Much. No, that campaign was solid. That's not saying that. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I like I like the loot box controversy didn't do anything for me because I, unlike some people, like actually have the ability to not purchase loot boxes if I don't want to. So <laughs> fine. What kind of self control do you have? Oh wait, it's called being oh, an adult. Wait, got it. Uh, no, I don't yeah, need to get no. the Supreme Court involved. I'm good. I just won't buy them. Exactly. Like an adult. Um, but like, no, it's like, I didn't mind. No, this episode was solid. The thing about those, like, it didn't have that, like, God, decades worth of anticipation of seeing Boba Fett actually, like, in the armor doing his thing. Um, like, that's do that much. Episode. This was a- Dude, I love that. Like, the, like when he shows up with his armor and like he's just being Boba Fett, and I'm like, this is the oh. thing. again. And, like, and, I, and, go ahead. No, like okay, to get my thoughts on last week because we never really uh, talked about it that much. I don't think I talked about it, period. Um, I thoroughly loved it, like just because it's Boba Fett. Like, remember, like at the end of the day, I'm a simpleton just like everybody else. I just do a better way of just like like spicing it up with like fancy words and nerdy talk. Um, like no, like like I had my Boba Fett figure like on my uh, end table, and the whole time as I'm watching it, I'm like, God, this is incredible. I'm like, and even like how I know you referenced it last week, Chris. You're like, oh, Zach is like vehemently against like the redubbing of um. To, uh, of Boba Fett and Empire with Tamora Morrison. And I think the difference, and I kind of finally figured it out, is that like it comes down to execu- like, the idea versus the execution of it. It's kind of like Ray Skywalker. Like Ray Skywalker, the end of Ray, like Rise of Skywalker as a concept, is not a bad thing. The execution of it is awful. Having a woman come up to her being like, Can I take your name, love? Rose. Rose Dawson. Like, no, that is horrible execution. It's stupid. But the idea of her being Ray Skywalker, I have no issue with. The same thing goes for Tamora Morrison being like getting redubbed in Empire. Will I prefer like scratchy voice Boba Fett? Of course. But like 
I hearing Tamora Morrison with the armor as he's like chasing the uh, Iron Legion of Iron Man robots to Moff Gideon shit. <laughs> like I was like, and he's like the Empire, the back, and I'm like, oh, oh which I don't know like, why that bothers him. Yeah, so, but I whatever. Know, I, I know you guys. I, I know you guys got into that last week, and I couldn't figure out why it bothered you. But whatever, to each their own. But like, that's the difference. Like, if you go back and like listen. By to the way, I got an answer to the question. No, no, no. Okay. Shh, shh, quiet. Uh, if you go back and go to the Tamora Morrison dialogue for Empire, like he's not being directed. He was literally given like like an index card with the lines, and he's reading it in the flattest I way mean, possible. I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel the same way about his delivery when he shows up in the previous episode and starts talking about his father and all of that. Like, it, I mean, I, I like I on some level, I almost don't believe he knows what he's talking about in those lines. And like, 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 am I saying I don't think he's a good actor? Maybe I am. But like, is it a fun? Is it fun to see him? Absolutely. And that's <laughs> but, all that matters. Yeah. Because remember, the normies watching this do not have any idea what they're watching. Like I have people at my work, and I, you know, I interact with a lot of people. Like, and that's like her definition of normies. They are not into this at the same level that we are, and people who listen to this podcast are. And they come up to me and they ask me questions. They have no idea what Boba Fett is showing on his wrist gauntlet to Dinjar and found. They have no idea what that is. All they know is Boba Fett looks like the Mandalorian, and that's all this. It, it's it, it. He looks like. The, the army of not Boba Fett's from episode three of season one. He looks like redheaded Boba Fett from like what the third episode of this season. Like that's the thing. They have no idea what any of this is. They do not know who Boba Fett is. All they know is he looks vaguely similar to a guy in a movie they watched three or four years ago on Christmas day with their family. Like that's what it comes down to. Like when they throw that sort of stuff in, it's just for people like us and others of our ilk on fan media to be like, Oh my God. Like they're doing this. And even like in this week's episode where um Din is going around, like Ming Na Wen, you go down there. She's like, nah, I'm on an ISB list. Cara Dune, she's like, uh-uh. He's like Boba. He's like, I've got a feeling they might recognize this face. And it's like 99% of the normies are not gonna get that reference. Well, right. Yet. Well, I mean, because it's like if you if you don't realize that he was the template for the clones, you might think, well, he's just a criminal who's been up to no good for years on end, and that's why exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing that like I would imagine the vast majority of normies have not figured out, like what Zenger was saying about the idea that, like, oh, baby, this takes place before the, the prequels because it's Yoda is a baby. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's this is just to the normies, this is Stranger Things season three to them. They watch it while they're bored. Um, and what was I had somebody else at work talk to me back with the second episode. Was it the second episode with all the spider creatures? And someone said something like, Oh, like, why is this like an episode of like something? I, I think, oh, God, what movie was it they referenced? They referenced something. Was it like, Alien? Oh, it might have been Alien. Someone's like, Oh, it might have been Aliens. I don't know. Um, but like somebody referenced something and like somebody else came walking by completely as a non, like heard that as a non sequitur, but got it. And they're like, yeah, I thought that too during the episode. And I'm like, you people don't understand star Wars. I'm like, I'm trying to explain to them like what these creatures are. The fact that they're like Ralph McQuarrie, like 
Like, oh no, they compared it to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's what it was. They compared it to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and they're like, oh, it's a ripoff of when Ron and them in the in the car, like in the the wood, the Forbidden Woods outside Hogwarts. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, this is what. I'm like, these creatures have been like a, like around, quote unquote, in Star Wars lore since like the late 70s. Well, going based off concept art. Kind of. I mean, like it was a sketch for Empire and then like a painting for a 1995 book. But but, you know, Ralph McQuarrie made them look they were, didn't seem like they were very threatening. Luke was just sort of hanging out and watching one of them like lay a bunch of eggs. So like they kind of made him into monsters and rebels and sure. they're sort of keeping but, with like, that theme. But. But, but that's the thing I'm trying to say, though, is that, like, Chris, you were able to pinpoint exactly dates of all this stuff and be like, oh, this is, like, you described that concept art almost as well as anybody could over, an, like, an audio medium. And yet a bunch of normies watching the second episode of season two were like, why is this ripping off Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets? And I think I, how I all... I, I've been asking this question ever since the inception of this podcast. Who is Disney making this? I can't even say movies for anymore. Who are they making this media for? They're making it for the normies out there. It, like they're making it for the people who will watch the Patty Jenkins like Tesla commercial and retweet it because <laughs> like, oh man, she's making this movie for her dad. She's making it for Paul. Like I'm doing this for you, Paul. And like every day when she gets the set. And like that's the thing is that like okay, <laughs> just <laughs> just her getting on set and screaming that I think you need to apologize on Twitter for that. Statement. She just gets in the 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 no. the cockpit no. set and just starts screaming every morning to amp herself up. Yeah, it's good. Okay, like but like again, I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm letting the audience, the listener at home, decide that for themselves. I'm just. Everything that came out of all these announcements, except for maybe the Bad Batch, which wasn't really an announcement, it was the actual like only piece of real footage we got out of all. It's the only concrete thing we got out of any of this. Which is, it's um, like it really is just more Clone Wars, right? Like I like the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed yeah. like a decent trailer. But, it had it had a, movie audio of Palpy like like starting the Empire. That's good stuff. But like it's actual Star Wars story. It had Big Mal Wynn's character in it. Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix in this. Um, like, that's what I mean, though, is that, like, the idea of, like, what happens to all the clones in the immediate aftermath of Order 66 is an interesting concept for a story that you can do a lot with. And, like, those are the sort of things that, like, oh, like, we've been wanting to, like, outside of Legends, like, we've always wanted to know about that. Like, I know they were, like, what? Chris probably knows more about this. Like, they are always flirting with doing, like, another Republic Commando game called Imperial Commando. And that's what the story, that was going to be kind of the crux of the story. Um, like, I think I, the, I, I, I was just going to say, the funniest, the funniest thing for me about, about uh, Bad Batch is, like, 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 they're asking a lot of the casuals to, like, like, I guess they're, like understanding the continuity, so like of just the animated shows, it's like so you have the Clone Wars, which takes place between Episode two and three, and then that was followed. Uh, sorry, between uh, Episode yeah, between Episode two and three, and then that's followed by Rebels, which you know has some of the same characters from the Clone Wars, but this is uh this is after Episode three, and then this new series is actually between those two. So yet once again, we're going to have to find something for Ahsoka to do, but not develop her character too much. Cause we've already played out the, the end of that arc twice already. 
<laughs> exactly. Like, but like maybe three times if we're lucky. But like, that's what I mean. Though, is that like, but this kind of like the Jedi. Like, this is what I say. You know, I love Star Wars when it delves into like the spirituality of, of the of the galaxy. It's kind of like the thing that people complained a lot about when Iron Man three came out. They're like, oh, why wouldn't Tony Stark just call the Avengers? It's because it's they can't do that all the time. And that's I'm willing to forgive them with Ahsoka. Because it's like Ahsoka, like they, she she's not a Jedi. Like they make a very big point of that, despite the fact they call the episode the Jedi a couple episodes ago. I think it like, I, for the Normans. I for argue the that it's referring to the Jedi as a whole, not I, referring I, to I, her. That's but that's what I mean though. But like that's the thing. I'm willing to forgive Ahsoka because Ahsoka is very much like her own thing. Um, like that, that's the thing. Like you have to just ignore that she's out in the ether somewhere. That she has her own priorities. She's focusing on something else. Same goes for Cal Calrissian. Like, would I love if if Dominic Moynihan, if that's his name, were to show up in in any live action stuff? Like, I love Jedi Fallen Order. I love that character. Like, I would it's love definitely not Dominic like, Moynihan. Going. But all right, what's that? Isn't Dominic Moynihan one of the hobbits? I don't think that's him. I, anyway, <laughs> it's Dominic something. What's his name? Right. I don't know. His name's Dominic. It's Dominic something, right? Monaghan? Mon? I don't Somebody know. Somebody Google I, I just, please. I don't feel like Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you named a hobbit. That's all I'm saying. All right. Okay. I named a hobbit. I'm pretty sure you didn't, but I'm going to go with it. All right. I'm going to type in Cal Kessis into Google. All right. Cal speaking Kessis. of which. Cameron, what? Cameron. No, Cameron Monaghan. Excuse me. I got the last name correct, the first name wrong. I was going to give the answer to what rank the guy is, according to my. <laughs> Did I ask that? I, like about time. I, I, it took a lot of cross-referencing because it is very unclear on certain things, and there's like this, legends versus this. Screenshot. Oh my god! I no, I did. I got a screenshot of it, looked okay. at it, and no stupid cylinders matter too. He's a general. Oh, he should it, be if based on the description of the calls he was making at that battle. Yes, I was about to say I. Because I think I said Lieutenant Commandant or something, which I was close without trying. But yeah, the ranking system of the Imperials is freaking confusing beyond reason. And I would get slapped in the mouth by somebody if I was in this Imperial yeah. Army because it is impossible to tell the difference between some of these. Because if you have one cylinder, it's this. If you have two cylinders, it's this. All I know is if you have yellow on there, salute them. Well, okay. I, Chris is going to find this funny. I used to actually know the Imperial rankings really well because is he, Chris probably remembers on the Rebel Scum forums that's just how you used to like rank up. So I actually knew like all of them like insanely well because oh like I would know certain people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> excuse the excuse me, that is the years. that is the Legends versions of the rankings. I Those know. are no longer relevant. Uh, <laughs> this was back like in 2017. And this is before like Rebel Scum broke my spirit for forums. Um, yeah. Okay, so another okay, but anyway, getting back to the point of Cal Calrissian, is that like Cal Kestis. I Cal Kestis, is that like getting with Chris's whole point about things like like Jedi floating out during like all these different like how we keep leapfrogging from different eras in Star Wars, is that like you kind of have to just kind of just not ignore the fact that there's other like it's not bizarre that there are other Force wielders out in this time like during the original trilogy like I think it's okay. naive now you're you're but, you're I. Totally agree. My problem is that Cal Kestis is not that not that dangerous. He's off doing his own thing. But Ahsoka has a 
a very personal connection to Vader and should have a vested interest in how that story played out, aka the original, how the original trilogy played out. And of I, course, I understand that I, this is retrospective, but like, why? It's like with Grogu, like, why does she not care about this stuff? Because I think we'll think, okay, look at, okay. And maybe this is how, I, I think I got think of a more concise way to describe this sort of philosophy I have when it comes to Star Wars. It's the idea that, like, think about it. Ahsoka lived through the Clone Wars. She allegedly. went through. She did. She, what do you mean allegedly? Oh, wait, Ahsoka sorry. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong series. Yeah. Wrong series. Well, but like, okay, the Galactic Civil War is that she basically, like, we don't know what happens to her between when she goes through, like, her and Ezra are in the world between worlds, Palpatine tries to attack them, she runs through her own portal, and next thing we know that we see her in the epilogue to Rebels. And I know Cowboy Hat Man is running around saying that there's a potential theory, or he's, it's not a theory, he's kind of said, like, it's possible that her appearance in the epilogue could be taking place after the events of her in the Mandalorian in her spinoff show. So we don't know what Ahsoka is up to during the events of the original trilogy. Like we don't know, because we know that at the end of the, of the rebel series, that's kind of flirting with like the events of like rogue one. And that's the thing is that like, we don't know exactly so, like, I'm willing to forgive them for that because basically the last thing we know about Ahsoka in that time period from Rebels is that he tells Ahsoka, come find me. And that's kind of where we pick up with her in the next appearance she has in continuity in the Mandalorian episode. She's she's tracking down Thrawn, which obviously I imagine she that she found out about what happened from Sabine and Hera and all of them. Um that's the thing. Um, like when it comes to Cal Kestis, like from like I've watched the final like cutscene of, of Jedi Fallen Order, and I know there's supposedly some sort of sequel coming to that game. Um, Cal Kestis is rather formidable. He does hold off Vader to some extent. Uh, um, yeah, I mean that he he's formidable and holds off Vader in the same sense that Star Killer from Force Unleashed does, as it is a service to the gameplay mechanics, but. I he's a you know he's not like he's no Ahsoka in terms of like hilariously I I, overpowered Jedi. I don't think Ahsoka's overpowered though. Like I think Ahsoka is a she's overpowered Jedi. in the sense that nothing will ever kill her. Well, that's because because that's that's she's a got conceit. that fan armor. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. exactly. That's that's a conceit of the real world because she makes money. Like they are never just to let everybody know you are never we are never getting another Rogue One where they kill off all the characters in the story. That is never happening again. Well, I mean, they they just get out of it by doing another prequel, so it doesn't matter. But um, that's what they're doing with Cal Rizzi and Andor. But 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 you're saying he held off Vader. I I was okay with the the Vader uh interaction in in uh fallen order just because you're basically just running from him that whole level and like throwing objects behind you so he, to get in his way like it's a it's that's how the a fight between that guy and vader should go well okay the difference the thing about like the i think again i know we never talked about jedi fallen order in any sort of meaningful way which is shame because it's probably the best star wars story to come out of disney era star wars um in my humble opinion i don't know if chris would chris what would you agree with that like, well, how would you rank? Like, oh my god, man! Like, not you know, story, it's not just the like story, but what? No, I mean, like, uh, it would it that idea wouldn't have occurred to me until you said it. But like, you you might be right. 
It is. It's the best yeah. Star Wars story to come out. And the fact that I keep, this is the one thing I want everyone who listens to this podcast, to like just, just get the concept of, is I know a lot of people get mad at me when I don't spend a lot. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of YouTube stuff that gets into like, like real world philosophy and like ties it into Star Wars and vice versa. And yet, like, to me, that's fun. Like, I love, like, looking at Star Wars in kind of, like, a literary sense is uh, is great. But it's more academic for me. Like, the thing I like doing is kind of, like, parsing through the tea leaves and see what's going to tell me what's on the horizon. And the fact, and I know I've mentioned this a couple of times already, but at Galaxy's Edge next year, they are making available the Cal Kestis lightsaber. I they think it's a baseball be- bat, but yeah. <laughs> You try, you try to make this big point that you're building up to. God, you, might be the, you know what, Chris? You might be the next Zanger. You might not be the next. You might be the Zanger surrogate going forward. You're like I mean, we were all thinking Zanger. it when we were playing the game, but fine. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Zanger. the worst part is, is that Zanger's not wrong for laughing because that was really funny. It's just it like solid. It's it's here's here's the thing. It's his deadpan Canada delivery of every line that makes it perfect. No, I just imagine some kid being like, all right, the Kyle cast is like, this is just a bat. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pushing the meter along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there is an explanation as to why it's a meter long. Okay. all the like three hundred dollar ones when they get the play bite. <laughs> Oh, 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 man. So, but you're, but you're, you're obviously saying they wouldn't be releasing that unless he was going to get a lot more content. Yeah. You, they would not be pumping money into something that's going to cost, like, I would imagine, based on the fact that it's like a meter long lightsaber hill, <laughs> they would not be pumping that sort of money into a, uh, an item unless they felt that there was something else that they could be doing with it. It's kind of like going back to merchandising. I remember back in like February of 2019, Hasbro announced that like, I think it was Yak Face. It's like, oh, Hasbro's like re-release, like making a Black Series like Palpatine figure to like release like November 2019. Everyone's like, wait, that's weird. Why would they be doing that? Like during the launch of like the new movie. And guess what? Two months later, we all found out who was going to be the villain of not just the movie, but the entire franchise. And that's the thing. The merchandise usually sheds light on things. Like, they don't usually release product unless it's going to show up again. It's kind of like how we talked about the beginning of this episode. The dark saber, like, role-playing lightsaber. They wouldn't have made that unless it's going to show up sometime again in this season. Right, um, and especially espe- re- yeah. especially with the Cal Kestis lightsaber, because it's got to be, like, three times the cost of a regular one. Exactly. Like the doubles as a baseball bat, minor league games. You know all that extra material. Stop, ru- st- stop running the joke into the ground, Zang. It was funny the first I time. I have to. I um, have to. It's my job. But like, it's funny that Zang, like you guys make the joke about how big the lightsaber is because like I have that lightsaber collection book, and I know I've raved about it before, but like it's legit. Like probably one of my favorite Star Wars books of all time, and like like when you look at that, like man, it takes up like an entire page. Like, it legit, like, most of the hilts, like, take up, like, like one with the blade, like, ignited. This one doesn't even have the blade ignited. It just takes up a whole page. You're, are you saying the hilts are in scale with each other in that book? Or, like, it, 
Oh no, they're blown up for detail. Okay. If they want, but the thing about those, like, like on the page before, it has like the Ben Solo lightsaber, right. and like it's blown up really big, so you can get like a lot of detail. I've never um, seen that it, book for sale. I don't, even, I don't even know what it looks like. I gotta check that out. Um, no, it's it's really cool. Like, I actually I found it at, like a Barnes and Noble near me before um it was even available. It was one of those things where I found it, like a week before like it was officially released. I remember like going to the people at the counter and like, am I allowed to buy this? And they're like, why can't you buy it? It's a book. They're like, it's Barnes and Noble. Please just buy something. And I'm like, you don't understand. This you just you just ask them like you just ask them a Star Wars question and they're like, what planet are you from? <laughs> That's what it's about. Because like it's like the idea of locking a release date on a book is probably like not the most common with the majority of their products. This isn't a what? Stephen King book. <laughs> this isn't Doctor Sleep. Um, but no, like. But one thing I do have to point out that's, like, really weird about this book is that, like, I feel like it's concept, like, art, digital renderings. Because, like, I have a friend, like, designing a tattoo for me, and one of the designs is for the Leia Saber. And in the in the book, the Leia Saber has, like, this rose gold, like, finish to it, like, on certain points of the hilt. Yet, like, I found pictures from StarWars.com of the actual prop. And the prop, it's more just like a brass copper. So I think it's weird that like they they're go like I'm not sure if it's something that just like how the the hilt is illuminated in person. Maybe the rose gold comes off as cop comes off as copper. Um, but that's just that's neither here nor there. But no, like getting back to Cal Kestis, could he show up? It's possible. Like, why wouldn't you use an actor that they use like motion capture for from a game from like two that they did all that for like two or three years ago? It'd be stupid not to. I just think um, it lines up with the the like you were saying the end cinematic of that game. He's literally like, let's find all these kids. Like, it's it's literally what we need. It's like literally perfectly fits in with what's happening in the Mandalorian. That's the thing. It's like I I has there been any rumors or gossip about what this final episode? Like I don't want to nope. do spoilers, but has there been I I, Chris? Has there been anything out there? Yes or no? You don't have to go into specifics. I've, 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 I've been purposely not looking for oh, okay. it, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. Um, I guess the other thing too is that like, cause I know they showed a sizzle reel for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but only to like a handful of people. Has that leaked it online at all? I haven't seen that either. Okay. I was just curious. Cause I know like, obviously like this investor call was done digitally. Like, I don't think there's only, a, I think not that many people were allowed into whatever they did. So if it was something digital, obviously all it takes is one person screen capping. Yeah. It like I heard it forever. happened. Like I heard there was, I heard there was one, but I didn't see anything. Yeah. It's another it's a description of concept art that was shown. Yeah. Um, which means obviously the fact they don't even want to show that means they're not, they're not concrete in what they're doing either. Well, you know, it's probably two years old concept art from the previous incarnation of the Obi-Wan series. <laughs> I guess um, not, not, nothing says a misleading, like showing investors stuff. That's most likely not relevant to what you're currently working on. Yeah. Um, I mean, like um, the squadron, like the rogue squadron video. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like uh, I, I kind of lost track of Mandalorian uh, general ranking. Uh, yeah. The operation cinder thing I thought was really odd. I think what happened to Mandalore is I wouldn't be surprised if it got operation cinder. Or did, did, did. I think that's they, that's probably what happened. Well, to, isn't uh, it like nuclear radiated and basically destroyed, and they like have to live in certain like bubbles and everything? That was that was during the Clone Wars and during Rebels. I don't I think it got better. 
but like no, it sounded like it got worse yeah but yeah, uh, but also exactly. there's there's but also you have this the Bo-Katan kind of hints that that there's like a propaganda view of what the planet's like versus what it's actually like and like she's indicating that there's something worth salvaging there yeah i i i don't know and that's that's the thing that they're kind of doing like is mandalore really an important part of star wars lore not really um it, it's it never has had any sort of important factor in any sort of story right like it's not really a and they're not and they're not even hitting on it hard in this series like it's not like din is like obsessed with getting it back like he doesn't even think it's worth looking into when he's asked about it he says that it's cursed or something right yeah he so, says like, it's cursed everyone go that and everyone who goes there dies wow. so he's pretty like nicked on well, the like, idea of like well, being involved in it well that's the thing i think is interesting that like they keep whether it be rebels or or this show or other things they keep sprinkling in like tidbits of mandalore lore and uh-huh. i know like, what was it in that rebels episode where kanan is trying to teach sabine how to wield the dark saber and you hey, get that really hey. cool like harry potter and the deathly hollows part one like little vignette of like oh god whatever that one mandalorian who built the dark saber and his fight against the jedi why are they to always me, copying harry potter Hey, um, hey, Zach, would, would they be having, like, you know, sprinkling in some Mandalore in there? I, yeah, I, ha, 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 you made this exact same joke last year. Ha, 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 ha. I, I did? Funny. Yes, you did. You made this exact same joke last year. Perfect. Like, Mandalore, awesome. Mandalore. Uh-huh. The L-O-R-E. Um, but, like, that's the thing. Is, like, Chris, you know your life history better than I. Is that, like, did... Were the Jedi Mandalorian Wars before or after, like, Old Republic nonsense? Well, it depends, like, which uh, version of Legends you want to get into. Like, if you're going, like, <laughs> if you're going, like, real early, like, it was, the, the Jedi fought the Mandalorians during the Clone Wars. If you're on, like, early Lucas Vag comments. <laughs> well, okay, sure. In a, lot of, in a lot of legend stuff, I know. I, I can still remember, like, in one of the Clone Wars Blu-ray behind the features, uh, feature things, Dave Filoni's like, so George came to us, he's like, I want to make the Mandalorians pacifist. And he's like, Jesus Christ, George, this goes against everything they've been doing in comics books for, like, ten years now. He's like, how do we do this? And Lucas is like, I'll have a number three, please. And <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of like, like there was a lot of that back and forth, like stuff you would hear Filoni like push back on Lucas, and Lucas would just steamroll over him. Well, you know, um, it's not that hard to work out. You just make like various terrorist organizations, like Death Watch, to keep the core ideals of the Mandalorians alive and the new version of canon. Was that what they basically did? Yes, exactly. Okay, that's the joke, Sanger. That was the joke. Oh, um, I, I I thought that um, I'll have number three was the joke. Well, that's the, all, all our interest in this franchise is the real joke at the end. That it is. Disney oh. just keeps counting the money, and they're like, they're like, what a bunch of jerks! What a bunch of jerks! Well, you're not wrong because you know what this, this planet, what, what this, you know, this last episode really made me realize was how underscale this big vintage collection Slave One actually is. Like, oh my <laughs> god, they had a whole living room that rotated with the cockpit, yeah. and like yeah, they could, the windows so big. One? 
well, you can see them walking onto it. So like, it, you know, it's it, like it's it's I'm, I think it's consistent with how it's shown in Attack of the Clones and Empire. But it's just like you realize like we, we've never seen that like main hold that's like underneath the cockpit before, like in live action anyway. Maybe in Clone Wars. I don't remember if they showed the interior in Clone Wars or not. But it was cool how like the window is so big that like they they have an outside view on that level below uh, the cockpit. Yeah. That's kind of cool how it's that's all turning at once. Stuff. Like that's neat. Like that's the sort of stuff that, like, if you're gonna do Star Wars, like, fan service does not have to be X-wings and Tie Fighters. Like that's like a small thing that's just neat as a Star Wars fan. Like after all these years, we like every Star Wars fan at some point has had either a Boba Fett or a Slave One toy, and like I'm getting one. You of finally got. It's even the original like the original Slave One toy had like the thing where the chair rotated 90 degrees. Like it's not like yeah. they showed that in the movie, right? Like that's something that like has just been around forever, like basically because of the toys. Yeah. yeah. And like that's a sort of like that's like there's fan service that's like subliminal almost. And that's it's like stuff that like you might not have noticed, but your brain did. Like to me, that's infinitely more what's the word? Satiating. Than just like having stormtroopers for no other reason than just like, oh, here they are. Or having an army of not Boba Fett's in episode three of season one. Like, there's ways of doing fan service that is like unnoticeable to the human eye, unless you're really scrutinizing it for that sort of thing. Which and that's do. where, which, yeah, but like when it works, it works. Like, that's, that's what's so frustrating about current era Star Wars is that like they back into brilliance by accident. And it's like, I, I guess like a win is a win, regardless of how you get there. But it, it's just frustrating that when they do it by accident, yet when they actually try hard, they kind of just trip over themselves. It, at the end of the day, it's kind of like a less is more sort of just like, mo like direction they should be going in. Um, yeah. Like I said, no, this episode was a lot of fun. Like I did you, I, Chris, you must've seen this movie. I know Zanger hasn't. Have you ever seen William Friedkin's Sorcerer with Roy Schneider? Afraid not. You know, okay. This this movie ties Actually, directly in. I have not as well. Shocking. Nice. <laughs> that was, you had me for a second there. That's who good. could have seen this coming? Said in the most flat way possible. Um, if you've ever okay, Sorcerer is tied to Star Wars lore because it came out. I think this in May of 1977. It was like. What, again, it was a William Freakin movie. Obviously, William Freakin done the, the the French Connection, The Exorcist, and like it was gonna be like one of the big movies of that summer, and it got just the air sucked out of it by Star Wars. And the it, what Sorcerer is? It's a remake of a French film called The Wages of Fear. But the plot of Sorcerer is a bunch of people have to basically transport nitroglycerin to put out an oil fire and they have to like navigate this really rough terrain with all these like obstacles and stuff. And if they go too fast or make any sudden movements, the nitroglycerin will explode, thus killing them. And this episode was very, very minimally that plot. Like it actually, wasn't like. Actually, Zach, I watched the thing on, um, on screen crush where they were like pointing out stuff that you may have missed. And after you described that movie, they did talk about that. But I did see its sequel. I did see Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage. So, I mean. Same thing. Same thing. No, but, but yeah, no. The, the, 
there's a lot of great stylistic stuff in that sequence, man. Like like when when they're driving out and they see like the just the burnt out rusted hulks of like the other transports. Like I don't know, it reminded me of like almost like the like Jaws ride or something where you just see like you're on this path and that's the direction you're going. And never mind these like roached out boats beside you <laughs> that are a direct indication of your fate. And then like the pirate guys, like were they? I think they were like like. Maybe I'm maybe it's maybe it's like a new Neil Scanlan thing where it's exactly like an old alien species, but not quite like but they looked like Sacy Tin, that like one Jedi with like the two. I don't know if they were or not. They looked a little different, but it was kind of kind of cool seeing like either a new species or a good use of a pre-existing one. But like they're 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 funny little skiffs like chasing them like that was good stuff, man. Like all the and the other burnt out. Oh, man, when the when the the cart ahead of them blows up and Bilber is like, can you believe she told us to keep driving? Be carefully, like, just keep going. Uh, like uh, he he got he had some great moments and it, it felt like they really let him sort of like freestyle a little bit because a couple of his catchphrases made it made their way in there. Bilber is pretty good. Yeah. Zach, you don't have anything to say about this? Huh? You don't have anything to say about that segment? Or what Chris just said? Me? I I gotta make a joke or something? Well, I mean, I think Zach's, like, researching something and wanted you to, like, fill some air. Oh, 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 okay. Um, (laughs) All right, in that case, since we pull back the curtain real quick, uh, I'll fill in here with, um, with, no, I mean, I I thought that stuff was cool with the whole... um, the whole pirate. It, it also showed how, like, much he relies on his um, Beskar because he gets like he has to change his fighting style halfway through, which is really cool. Also, it kind of showed him using a spear, which was, I guess, foreshadowing of probably next episode where he has to fight um, Darth Vader wannabe. And with I, um, yeah. No, for but, sure. And like, and how about when the TIE fighters save them? Like, I love that. Cause I'm like, again, finally something that would have actually happened. That's good. <laughs> like, they have a whole base the right there. Yeah. That was great. Seeing the TIE fighters just murder this whole group of pirates who just want the empire off their land, <laughs> but you're, but you're happy because they and saved your guy. Po Dameron, if the, um, concept art is to be believed. I, uh, what are you didn't see that at the end? What the case just kind of concept looks like art where one of the people in the concept art looks just like Poe Dameron. He would have been like like five years old by the events of this of the series. Uh, he was he's a he was born like a year after the return of the Jedi. So he would have been like five years old. There's no way it could have been him. Well, I'm not saying it was, I'm just saying they the concept art, it's very well, clearly yeah. looks well, like Poe. Well, well, they did. They probably had leftover concept art of like Poe and like the uh, Tie Fighter from Force Awakens, and we all have seen that. Like, we're, all right, like, you, you ready like, for this? Concepts and you ready? In. I'm ready. All right. Okay. Ah. Uh, looking at concept art now. Oh boy. There. You tell me does that 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 does not look like Poe Dameron? Who is that supposed to be? Ah, just somebody flying it. That is Poe Dameron is, looking to me. That that does not like Poe Dameron. That looks exactly like Poe Dameron. Do you it need a picture of Poe Dameron? Like, I mean, you compare? got half of you have half a face here from a really low angle. I don't. I mean, <laughs> no. it, it kind of looks like he's flying a tie fighter. Another vehicle. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah, but see, this was back when he was like 
that sketchy past he had that 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 Spice. had to take up it's too early, so much. It's too early though. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I'm glad you brought up Spice Runners. Okay, did you guys see the newest toy Star Wars? Toy? One thing I did see, I didn't see Dark Sabers, I didn't see Black I Series, I didn't see anything else, and <laughs> um, I didn't see any of <laughs> that. First you know time internet. You know, I did see what what. Babu Frick plushes that when you squeeze its toe, it makes Babu Frick sounds. It goes, ho ho! And Droid Blaine go black, black. Like, I was like, oh, Disney, where was this a year ago? Like, I would have bought a hundred of these. Like, this is why, I sh- this is the plush I want. Like, forget Baby Yoda. Like, Babu Frick is infinitely more adorable than Baby Yoda, like merchandise. Like, I squeeze its toe, and it goes, oh, and I'm like, I, I literally took every single one in the store and just dumped it at the register. And like, sir, that's so nice. You're buying these for, like, toys for tots. And then I started laughing maniacally as I got into my car and drove away. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he definitely, like, at least has some memorable lines on, like, Baby Yoda. Yes. <laughs> The vicious attack on Baby Yoda you just made. How dare you? Pointing out the fact that he's never said anything. Okay. Big whiskey. Big whiskey. Big whiskey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Big whiskey. Should we say that somebody, that that Jerry actually got that right? Yes. Um, Like like within 24 hours, like he was in the Facebook group and he's like, Rob, what do I win? And he got it immediately. That's I, I kind of like resent the way he won. Like he like he could have cheated a little bit. Like he could have done a better job. Like he literally screen capped his Google search of the two terms. Like I don't know. I think you should sort of like hide the fact that you literally just put the two words in. Yeah, Google why don't I own this plush toy? A Bobby Frick? Yeah, I've seen it too. That's the sad part. It's great. Every time I go to this, it's it's my ver like how everybody else was fascinated by the screensaver, which I was never really fascinated by, other than the fact that like everybody else was. Like every time I walk into Target, like I see Babu Frick sitting there and I'm like, I'm just gonna keep squeezing his toe. Uh-huh. You know what? I think I'll point it to Ellie that it talks, and then maybe it will be a good like gift for me. Well, I mean, there's nothing that, like, first of all, okay, so there's nothing that says we've said all we need to say about this episode other than talking about Babu Frick. So we're, we've definitely got to that point. Um, to sum, sum it up, it has cool, it has lots of cool action. Slave One is awesome. Very Probably little. Awesome. Uh, yeah, like very little no, annoyed me. Except no for, like, whiskey. when they're just idiots in the bar that's the size of a living room. Should we say it's the first time that Baby Yoda wasn't an episode of the show? Uh, that would technically be true, I think. Um, also, I do like precedent. I hope the show continues with going forward. <laughs> well, they've it, not this season, but it's a good idea. I I do also enjoy the fact that um, the the speech that uh, Mando gave was basically almost verbatim the speech that um, I don't know if he's going to say Liam Neeson or Moff Gideon. Gideon. <laughs> All right. I, okay. I mean, it, it, it's a combination of both. Yeah. Uh, what do I, guys, I, I what do you like the, the, the torso up um, holograph right. that, that we got. Like, those are really nifty. And, I mean, I'll take an action figure of that. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how I feel about the wisdom of, like, telegraphing the fact that you're about to attack him like that just to, like, be cool. But, 
like what's the purpose of that message i don't know it's, it's to awesome be bad it's to yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. to, be badass yeah it's to let him know i know where you are and i'm coming for you yeah like the only thing that he could have done to make it more badass would be ignite his double bladed lightsaber <laughs> uh, well, <I> mean... <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. He tells Moff Gideon to bring the shit to death in here. Uh, bring the shit to death. In I got plans for you. <laughs> that will never be addressed till season two of Lando on Disney Plus. I, well done, I was about Chris, to say man. the only other thing I, I dang it, Chris, you took my he is stealing everything from me. Because I was about to say, the joke I was going to say is he was going to tell me he's going to see him at SummerSlam because he basically cut like a wrestling promo. I mean, Dang, I'm sure there's ruined a, it. I'm sure you could do a funny re-edit of it uh, using some wrestling promo music that would and like cheering. That'd be good. Dun, 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 dun. So, OK, and, so what's so what's going to happen in next week's episode? Like, are we going to have a clip? Nothing. It's not going to be anything. We're going like, to have to wait till season what, three. Is there going to like. There really wasn't any sort of what the big reveal, quote unquote, for the end of season one was the dark saber. What's going to be our big, big moment at the end of this season? It, I I keep on is seeing it, so much online that Din's going to become a um, Jedi, and I'm like, how he hasn't shown any force sensitivity at all. He's and- also very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He is kind of dumb. <laughs> really like Chris last week talked about the fact that like he does not lock his ship at all like he's just the guy who like basically gets yeah, out of like, his car and oh my god but, but I mean time. okay but like, once again Bill Burr you have to take your helmet off to to start the computer he's like yeah let's just try it even though I'm currently being watched by officers it's like what is the also, guy's problem also if, if everyone knows their um imperial basic or whatever it is it does the option he picked said scan face so I mean, I I don't understand how you don't get the point of it's going to scan your face. It was cool for the whole, like, um, him, him, um, sorry, Ellie just poked her head in and needs to poke it back out because I'm talking yeah. about spoiler stuff. I miss you. I miss you too. Bye. Oh, <laughs> oh I that's, love you. That her, that's her first appearance right there. There, you got it, Zach. Um, <gasps> yes. Cows. Uh, but no, that, that that the whole Bill Burr speech, aside from being space racist or whatever he wants to be, is pointing out that, you know, you have to sacrifice stuff to, you know, do this and everything. No, and he's not being space racist. He's pointing out the very problematic nature of religious fundamentalism. And the fact that two planets don't exist anymore. Which, yeah. once again, might prove my theory that that shot that missed went and hit Mandalore. Shot that missed. Oh, way earlier episode where I made a comment that like when the Death Star was firing during part two battle boogaloo that one of the shots missed and blew up Mandalore. Like just flew through space and blew up Mandalore eventually. It was made in an earlier episode. Now the jokes are he not only is he having better jokes, he's killing my jokes. No, I'm I know I'm just really bothered that I didn't know that the Death Star missed a shot in the Battle of Andorra. That somehow is not in my memory. Yeah. Well, you know I Yeah. The robot chicken thing. Um but no, I mean it, it was it's showing that he is willing to go this far to get to get his kid back. 
Well, does he get Baby Yoda back at the end of the season? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say they're gonna be there's gonna be a big middle finger at the end of this season that's gonna be like, haha, tune in for next season. I, I well, kind of agree. I think this this mystery Jedi is gonna show up, and the, the end is gonna be this the new A team ready to go get Baby Yoda again. Well, is oh, you're even okay. going that far? They won't even attack. Like I thought, they no. Were I think they're gonna have a battle, but it, he's. The, the, I think they'll have a battle, but either Gideon or one of his underlings is gonna get away with Baby Yoda. I think, and then you're. But this Jedi is gonna show up near the end, having missed a lot of the action, the important stuff. Yeah, like that's, Jedi's that's what I think do. Is so okay, so you're, so you guys think they're gonna go direct? That's gonna be the big reveal. That there's gonna be some character that we all should recognize from Star Wars lore that's going to show up at the at the last, what, two minutes of the episode? When all hope is lost, someone will come in at the last moment giving hope, and then it's going to be cut to black. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like, it's going to be like in Lord of the Rings when like, uh, like the Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn decide like, well, even though like Frodo's definitely doomed, we should still go after these other two hobbits so they don't get horribly eaten by monsters. You know, it's going to be like that. It's going to be like a new A-team. I'm down so, for it. What's what's the over under on whoever's controlling Moff Gideon showing up? I think we get a hologram of him. So you think we'll get hologram? I, I said, okay, Chris. We we think, all know who you're talking about, Zach. Yes. So go ahead. Well, well, come on, hologram, blue, Thrawn's blue. Like all they gotta do is just tint, tint the hologram, like eyes slightly red. Blue or happy? No, slightly, the eyes have to be slightly red. Do you, like I, said, like I, said, I don't know, because now they're doing an Ahsoka series, I could see him being saved for Ahsoka. And that, and Thrawn, remember I keep saying that like they, they're, they're saving something big for the time period between Jedi and, and Force Awakens. I could see that, the crossover between this Oh my Ahsoka god, they're going to call it Shadows of the Empire. No, oh, that's Empire and Jedi. No, but they're going to rename it so that they can't use that name anymore. Uh I see, I could see Thrawn being the big bad. If they're gonna do like a crossover of these three shows where like it culminates in this big thing, like Marvel's Defenders. Um, I could see Thrawn being the big bad guy of that. <laughs> and this is and this is your first taste of him, is at the end of the season. Like I said, the thing, if Thrawn does show up at all in this show, it's gonna be Thanos at the end of the first Avengers. They they, they probably haven't cast the actor they're going to use, kind of like they did with the first Avengers movie. And he should, he might not even say anything. He might just literally just turn around and like smile as his eyes glow and cut the black. I don't like, think gonna, I don't think you'll get that at at in next week's episode because because if if you're gonna like if you're gonna get that in Mandalorian, it's gonna be like it has to be like close to when the ahsoka show is going to start right because like because you have season three of mandalorian where you can't have thrawn so why are you going to show him as the puppet well, master at the end of season well, two then, okay then why did they show thanos in avengers in 2012 when he really doesn't become a major player until 2018 and well also, i'm just saying they're gonna have to sub in somebody else as an antagonist in season so. three i I don't know because Moff Gideon doesn't die because what's his name? Giancarlo Esposito has said like, oh man, season three is when you really get to see me be a bad guy. Okay, so that's... either that's him. So like either they're misleading the audience and he's going to die at the end of the season or. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think he's going to get away. Daughters some more. I think he just gets away with baby Yoda again. I, I think that's what's going to happen, but I think they're, you're going to have the tease of Thrawn. I think they have to. They, they, they wouldn't name drop a character that big in Star Wars lore. Like I said, it's kind of like, again, 
Thanos is ubiquitous now in the sense of like when it comes to casual moviegoers. Than, remember, Zender remembers this. In the summer of 2012, how many people did you have to explain to who the guy was at the end of the Marvel movie? Every remember? single person I saw, met, or even vaguely talked to. Exactly. Because everyone asked, who is that? And guess what? Six years later, he was ubiquitous. And I think that's what's going to be with Ron. And it's also, as we know, too, the reason why they keep sprinkling all these other things into Mandalorian is they want people to go back and watch the other series. Which Elliot said she's going to do now. Exactly. And I think if they got, if they showed Thrawn, if Thrawn's the Darksaber of season two, people will go back and watch Rebels now or to get the entire gist, or at least the latter two seasons of Rebels. And I think that's going to be the goal. I, I just think, I, again, I know I've got this weird thing for Thrawn, and I've been on this Thrawn train for a while now. But true, he's true. All, I, I, exactly. Ever since the, the Aftermath Empire's End book, man, they 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 led us to believe that he was going to be the, the, the link between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And I think he's the one. I think that's going to be the key to all, the, at least in my humble opinion. I could be very much wrong. But I do think that's where this is going, at least on a villain level. I don't know. Like, has there been any talk about Luke Skywalker showing up at the end? Like, have people walked away from that yet? Because everybody I've talked to and discussed this with has it down to either Luke, Cal Calrissian, or Mace Windu. Are there I, any I keep other hearing Mace Windu, and I keep on banging my head against the wall. Because I'm like, it, it'd be so overly complicated to explain. No, when he just survived. Doesn't matter. He went to hiding. No, it's like what? 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 So wait. Every Jedi just was like, "Oh, I got beat. Time to go into hiding." That's literally what the message says that Obi Wan does in Revenge of the Sith. It's like we've seen it in Rebel. I'm sorry, in Revenge of the Sith. We've seen it in Rebels. I'm pretty sure it showed up in Jedi Fallen Order as well. Yep. Obi Wan's message. And wait, like, did, that's did it show point. up in this yet? Why would huh? I? Well, I mean, just for them to reiterate it for. Dumbasses like me that sit here and try to keep trying to be like, no, no, other stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, is there any other character out there that could show up that, that would people would that's dark saber level equivalent where people would be like, oh man, like I recognize that. Is Are you really asking Jedi this question character? to me? Do you 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 know what the answer is going to be? You obviously know what the answer is going to be every time. Well, no, he, he's not, but he's not established. They can establish them afterwards. No, because people will not know. I'm trying. So I'm literally going through the lightsaber book. That has a bunch of Jedi nonsense in it, and there's like everybody is dead from this time period. Ayla Secura, Ahsoka, Anakin, Barriss Offee. Uh, well, well, Ahsoka's not dead. Allegedly, it, it, it's a tough. It's it, it's really a tough question because, like, narratively speaking, if you're looking at the whole canon, like Cal Kestis seems like an obvious choice to me. But you're you're it's true that for the vast quantity of normies, th that's not someone from the original trilogy. So they don't get to go ooh and eat popcorn when that person shows up. So it's not going to be exciting for them. Sale a lot recently though. <laughs> what? Fall in order. It's almost like they're trying to get people to buy and play the game. Well, you know, they've they made the initial launch money. If they can still make some sales, like they're like it's how old when it came out probably two years ago, right? A year ago, it, last it, year. Did, it hasn't even been a year. I don't think. Yeah, it's November. It, it came out the Tuesday before the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian premiere. 
Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's a game that should go on sale because it's a single player campaign. They're not really adding to it or supporting it. So it's not like there's not like there's new stuff for you to get if you jump on board now. Right. So, like, I don't know. I, it, I, it seems like a wise move to to put it on sale. But uh, but I mean, but you know, what I'm saying, though, like those stories line up. It's all canon. I, I think it's possible, given the fact that they're doing stuff like putting um, Cobb Vanth in there, because like normies have no clue what that character is. So, so I mean, I, th- the, I, I have a good idea of he's a dreamboat and just yeah, I, I want that action figure. Yeah, well, I mean, there's gonna be like five new Boba Fett figures. It will take like five years for them to come out, but there's gonna be like yeah, there's Boba gonna be like Fett. Cobb Vanth. There's gonna be uh, Tuscan Raider Boba Fett. There's gonna be Dirty Armor Boba Fett, and then repainted Armor Boba Fett. Bad Bob yeah. Boba Fett. I'm so I glad I can it. roll. I, mean, I, I will can... buy every single one of them. I, so, I did not. No, no one doubted that. No one ever well, said only, we doubt you. The, the only other Jedi that would be technically alive potentially during this period would be what Quinlan Voss. Maybe I think that's too. That's just too deep of a cut. That's well. That is way too deep. But he's the only other character I can think of, and we all know that. Like he was one of those characters. Well, he was also in the like Lucas wanted him in. What was it? Lucas liked the extra in the Phantom Menace, and he's like, "Let's make that guy a Jedi." And everyone's like, "Okay." And like Lucas went out of his way to have that character survive, like Order sixty six, like in like non movie media. Like I, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Like, I don't know who else could be. Like, it's Luke, Cal Kestis, Mace Windu. I, I, who's even a non Jedi? Like, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to go back to Clone Wars, Clone Wars and Rebels. Who are Oh my God. Users? You fools. You both of you are fools. Maz. Granted. Oh. Why has oh. no one said Maz? No discussion has ever said Maz. Um, because um, I'll tell you what. I'll, t- I'll go ahead and tell you why right now, okay? Because uh, the sequel trilogy, like borderline, doesn't exist in the Mandalorian chronology. <laughs> like because like they don't want they like you know something that they what what did we just get a uh, ten shows announced and you know what like basically none of them are within a uh, ten foot pole of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's don't they don't want to even they don't want to remind you of that. It's like they don't want they want you to to to, uh, to get all fired up. So they're, I don't think it's gonna be Maz. That's that's an interesting idea, but uh, it is because nobody's brought it up yet. And I'm like, she's force sensitive, yeah. but she's that's not a an, Jedi. That's an interesting idea, but Thank like you. bringing bringing some. No, it is. Like I, I applaud that, but like that's bold thinking. But like that character model, if you go back to like all your stories about the force awakens, like they had a hard time, like, like with Lupita Nyong'o and that character, like not like on like, like an actor level, but because like they just couldn't figure out how to like do stuff with that character. And that's why she was always like sparingly used in the rest of the sequel trilogy. Or had the best um, cameo in last Jedi ever. Oh, yeah. I, we can't, I don't know. I, like I, I'm going to, I'm not going to leave that alone. All right. It's fine. But, but that's the thing. So like, who from Clone Wars and Rebels, who's a Jedi character, or not a Jedi, but it's like a Force-using character that people wouldn't expect that could show up? Because, like, I, every, they seem to be pulling a lot from media. I, it could be Ezra. Could it? Force like, Ghost. Just a ton of Force Ghost shows I, I think up. they're just, they're banking Ezra for the Ahsoka series, I, I would guess. So I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. But like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know who you could, like, but I don't think Ezra would get people excited, though. 
The same way I don't think Cal Kestis would get people excited. Like that. I think thing, Cal like, Kestis is like is like I think that would do. I think that would do all right. I think a lot of people like that game. No, I, I, but that's the thing though is that like you look, you can't look at it. Remember, Disney doesn't care about the fans. They care about they driving them, people. Actually. Probably, I but, think they like, know that 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 doing a Sebastian Stan Luke would be divisive. I don't think it. I don't. That's the thing is that like, it, that's why everything points to Mace Windu. Is like it would make <laughs> I, sense. I'll be impressed. I, I don't. I really don't think so. But I'll be impressed if they do. Because it's just like it's because Samuel Jackson wants to. That's the answer to why. And, but it also makes like, again he survived. And think about it, it goes back. Does to he though? United. Should he have survived? That he, looked, he jumped, seemed like a pretty definitive a kill. Was he? He, he got lice for, uh, force light and he got a window. Oh, he's, uh, he's got one hand still. I mean, Anakin it's a it's a Coruscant window. A, yeah, Anakin jumps outside of a jumps off a ship in episode um, two, and literally nothing. Like, think about it. It's the exact yeah, same. Yeah, but there's thing. a difference. killed an Inquisitor, though. There's a difference between, between like, like having like your your physical faculties and purposely like doing a skydive versus like getting your arm cut off and then getting electrocuted and then thrown out a window. Like you want to get you, his hand cut off you, and falls down like an infinite like chasm on Bespin. That was there's a lot of luck involved in that fall. That's true. <laughs> It's it's true. Like there's a lot of you know there's wind. There was wind. There was air funnels and stuff. Like yeah, I don't know. That was, there's a lot of wind yeah. on Coruscant. Yeah, I just I, I, I just am, ship waiting. Like, think about Yoda. Yoda falls down like the Senate chambers and like literally falls like what like a hundred stories, bangs onto like the podium thing and rolls onto the ground, and he just gets up and crawls through like. Uh, yeah, blood. this has got to be farther than that. And also he's like he's like like electrocuted. So was Anakin. He was fine. Look what the lightning did to Palpatine like five seconds before that. And also like Luke and Anakin, they were fine. They got electrocuted. uh, Yeah. I mean, the implication is that Luke would, the implication is that Luke would have been dead in a few minutes if Vader didn't do save him. I don't think so. I think when Palpy's doing his, like, I know Russ has talked about this. I think Palpy has like different settings he can turn it to. I think there's like (laughs) torment, stun, and like murder. Because Luke, just, think, they just sprayed a little bit of smoke on Luke. They didn't really apply any makeup to show that he was getting burned or anything, right? They exactly. Put, yeah. I think that's the difference. Like, in Attack of the Clones, like, Anakin gets stunned. In Jedi, Luke kind of gets, like, tormented. Like, he's being tortured. And then, like, in Rise of Skywalker, like, Palpy has it, like, on murder mode. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I don't, like, I don't. To me, that'll be a bit of a groaner because it's like, like oh, it is. Listen, Definitely I'm is. like, I, 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 like, I'm, I watched that scene. He just died. The whole, it's part For of the sure. scene that he died. It's well, like yeah. that's why Anakin's trigger all traumatized. That like, it's I don't know. I it's just like don't uh, like I like I don't know if I'll like that. It'll be fun, but like there okay. to me that's kind of messing with Episode Three in a way that in a way that His Holiness Chris, would Chris. have intended. Chris, Chris, we're getting an Obi Wan and Darth Vader rematch. Yeah, Nothing yeah, yeah. is sacred. And but that's Nothing exactly. is, they right. are desecrating. They're desecrating basically God, the Old Testament right now. If yeah, they do that. yeah, but like you, you know, that's why I really hope, kind of hope it's not because like he died in Episode Three. All right, so let's go through. I have all the options we've presented. Which do you think would be the most applauded or the most divisive? 
like is Cal Kestis like the easiest because like it's the least controversial. It makes kind of narrative sense. Um, and is the most divisive Luke Skywalker or is it Mace Windu? I think Luke is both the most divisive and the most applauded. Because <laughs> okay, like, but what, is it Sebastian Stan or is it Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Luke? No, it's I think, think they'll cast. You think they'll recast Luke instead of I, doing uh, uh, painting his face, doing a deep fake. I uh, deepfake. yeah, I think so because Sebastian Stan's not doesn't won't want to do it if his face is getting fifty percent repainted over by deep fake Mark Hamill. I don't think he would be off put by that, and I don't think they if they pick somebody other than him, it's going to be like a f- show in the fandom. So like, because like he's been given the the normie approval. There's all the photoshops of Sebastian Stan as Luke. Like people have signed. People think they they think they want that right now, and they don't realize they don't actually want that. But they think they want that right now. So like, I could see them doing it. I think I I don't I my but my money's on Cal Kestis. Could it be someone though? Like I again. I'm kind of doing a zenger now. Could they do like a Lor Senteca? Like something like that, like where it's like someone more like Lor Senteca is not a character, okay, guys? Like y'all need to stop I, talking about Lor Senteca. But he was in the, uh, no, I'm just trying to think though, because like in the comics, like when you have like Luke, like Jedi Master Luke and like Padawan Ben Solo going around doing their thing, he's in a couple of those stories. So I'm just trying to think of who would be somebody that like who would hear this call, who would answer the phone to like Baby Yoda sitting on a rock. I think we're 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 accepting that it's not going to be a, a Sith of some kind. Not a villain. It wouldn't be right. Like that wouldn't that that's not how the now. Whoa, well, well, we don't. Okay, now you open the. Oh God, you just opened Pandora's box. Well, I just I don't think it would be just the way they showed the 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 sky, the mountain Skype call and the way Ahsoka explained it. I don't think a Sith would be able to hear that. Hopefully, right? I, I don't know. Well, we also just th- reach out with the Force. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Like I, I okay. What what? Well, I can't. Yeah, there's not many on the table. There's not many on the table, right? So like like Asajj is dead. Uh, Maul's dead. Well, he, you had to think well, about that for a second. No, no, no. Maul's gonna appear in the hologram as the one pulling the strings. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, all the Sith are pretty much dead, I guess. Because Snoke, I, I, I firmly believe Snoke is not born yet, <laughs> based on a previous episode. What are we calling a test tube creature? Like, what are, we, are we calling that birth? Frodo Snoke. Calling... Frodo Snoke. Pickle Jar. The pickle jar shows up. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't yeah I, I like I, I like that's a fun idea that a, that a Sith could show up but like there it'd be a new character probably if they did. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm going back to Jedi Fallen Order. Like, I, I, there's like all these weird tangential like religions. Like that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, and I like, guess could, um what's uh what's his master's could name? Wolf? Could a wolf show up? Like, oh my I god, the wolf, from Rebels. The, wolf. the wolf just shows up. Remember, they can travel through light speed. They're light speed wolves. Yeah, but then, but yeah, and then, but like Cal, Cal's, uh, Cal's master was still alive at the end of the game, right? Because well, so, yeah, like yeah. she's she like rediscovered the forest throughout the game. I can't remember if there's any other Jedi in that game. Well, you have no, not really. You have Seer, you have this Trilla, and that's kind. She of dies, like, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert! Yes. Oh. What? Um, um, so it's old news. It's great. It's it what's, the, what's the what's the what's the night what's the night sister's name? 
Uh, Night Sister Marin. So is yeah. she like is she's a Jedi now, right? Or kind of? I don't know. <laughs> she, she's she's like okay, she's weird. Like she's she's not. Yeah. Like, she's, a, she's like it's like a different thing of the Force. Like it's it's right. kind of like what a lot of what uh, Rebels was doing. Like all these like tangential things to the Force. Like you could be a Force user without being a Jedi. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what other Force users did, did Rebels encounter. They really think like they encountered a bunch of different other like paths that the Force took. <laughs> the Bendu really. Oh. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> Purgle. Um, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe remember that Rise of Skywalker, like, concept art where it was, like, Bosk sitting, like, on a throne. He gets, like, like a phone call from Lando Calrissian and hits ignore. It's like, maybe it's that. Maybe it could be that. Maybe Bosk gets the phone call and he's like, not again. <laughs> How long do we get a Bosk appearance in this show? Or Denny? I don't, well, or I mean. Or Forlom or Zuckus. I feel like they're they're like we're like we're getting way out there now, but like I find they're. they're... No, I don't mean Baby Yoda. I just meant in general. Like no, but I mean I, I, I think it's... I'm gonna I have a serious answer, and that is that I find their the Mandalorian show's redesign of Trandoshans is appalling, and they look ridiculous and terrible compared to the original Bosque. Speaking of I mean, terrible and appalling, oh, I'm sorry, Zanger. Go ahead. I was about to say you mean the original Bosque that we all. Oh wait, I'm thinking of Zuckus. Never mind. Joke's done. <laughs> no, but I mean they made it so the actor's eyes show through, which totally changed the head of the Trandoshan and it looks weird and I don't like it. Speaking of horrible and appalling, um, in the Facebook group I posted a picture of this. Um I, I am a uh, self abuser. I like to hurt myself um for others' enjoyment. I bought the forty years of forty points of view Star I saw Wars that. Empire Strikes Back. Yes. I'm a bad person that likes to hurt myself. And I read two stories. And I think every week on the podcast, I'm going to recap these stories and let you guys tell me if you think they're good stories or bad stories based on the synopsis I give. Yay, and so the I'm, episode's here. Yes, and the episode is here. Um, all right, the first story, and I'm not making this up, is about a bunch of nerds like in a um, control room in Denver watching probe droid drone footage. And they're the ones who actually find the Hoth base, not not admirable, well, admirable, Admiral Piet. Um, they find it and they sit there like tell Admiral Piet and like one of them tries to steal the credit from the other who actually found it. And yet the person who finds it, this Imperial something, something woman, she has like this fascination with probe droids because her mother builds them, even though the mother hates the Empire. I'm, I'm done it, with this story already. No, it gets, it gets worse. It, get, it gets worse. It gets worse. Um, and the story ends with this person sneaks away at night because she just loves exploring other planets via the probe droids. And how the story ends is that the pro uh, that she's looking at this probe. And the probe crash landed on this swamp planet, and she can barely make out an X-wing submerged in water. And decides it's nothing, and real and goes, "Huh? Nobody really. It's like nobody should care about Dagobah anyway." And that's the end of the story. Did Despite you know the Chris, fact there that was, it... there was a probe droid on Dagobah? Did you know that? Oh my god! Oh, and, and, and during and it, the events of Luke, Luke and Yoda during Empire, did you know and, that? Because and it landed, crazy. and it landed on his X-wing. It landed right next to it to the point where she can make out the shape of it. And she's like, X-Wing. And then the one thing water. she's supposed to be looking for, she decides is nothing. Yes. And it's not because she wants to spare some rebels. It's because she actually is dumb and thinks it's nothing. Yes. Mercy. <laughs> no, it gets better. The next story gets even better. Um, 
It's the tail of the Wampa from the ice cave. Oh my God. <laughs> Not making this up either. Um, it's a story from the Wampa's perspective. <laughs> that this should be the joke. Sketch? Like, what are we it, talking? It is. It, it is. Um, the story <laughs> is, is that the Wampa has a really nice cave. Um, the Wampa God, has a wife and kids. I'm not making this up. The Wampa has a wife and kids, and he also has a den mate. So clearly, Wampas are kind of into like swinging like it, there's like a low like it, it's in there like it's subtext but it's there um the wampas are into swinging um the wampa goes out hunting to like feed the family and when he comes back apparently like the cave where the wampa and the family were living was echo base and the rebels murdered the wampa's family so the wampa like goes into like depression just starts like wandering around like hoth until eventually like it has a bloodlust for humans <laughs> And so it finds Luke Skywalker in the Tauntaun and deliberately, like, doesn't kill Luke to, like, make him suffer for, like, what the other humans did to his family. And then, like, when it gets its arm cut off, it doesn't know what's happening. And then, like, eventually it finds the rem, like, after, like, it stumbles out in the snow after being, like, having its arm cut off. It, like, wanders through Hoth for a while until eventually it stumbles back into Echo Base empty. And it's happy because it thinks its family might still be there. The end. Okay. Oddly enough, <laughs> I feel like this was in a comic or something. So I feel I heard that it it got to Echo Base at some point. It did. And I think, like, what they're trying to do is they're trying to cut, like, that deleted scene back in to, like, canon by saying that, like, in that, like, room that has, like, the Star Wars hazmat sticker on it that, like, C-3PO pulls off and opens. I think they're trying to say, like, that's where the rest of the Wampus family is. Like, they're not dead. They're just kind of, like, locked in a coat closet somewhere. That's exactly what they're saying. Wait, wait. So, technically, that would also make Shadows of the Empire the the, uh, Nintendo 64 game canon, too, because in that game, there's randomly Wampas in cages that you have to fight every now and then. Yeah. Well, it's also a reference to the same deleted scene, but yeah. 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 And they take like so, yeah. a thousand shots. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, the, the the book, somehow they keep, these books keep ruining Star Wars. Like, yeah. Well, you know, why. the rebels are really jerks for like kicking those wampas out of that cave. Like that's the, yes. that's what you're really supposed to take away from this. Yes. Like it's, I'm, and the best part is I'm only two chapters in out of 40. Like, and we haven't gotten to the book. I guess, yeah. I don't think I finished the Boba Fett chapter. I think it was just like a like couple of pages. But man, that is going to be a whew, that's good. I, I cannot wait to to read that. And it's a hundred percent different character than we get this season of The Mandalorian. Cannot wait. Everything is it true that everything is awful? Like not just Star Wars, but just everything. Right? I mean, you knew what you were getting into with that. Book. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I know. Like I wouldn't have. I, I, yeah. Like no, here's I, well, the thing that gets me. You had the art of the Mandalorian sitting right there. I mean, I assume it was right there, but you had that option and you just brushed it aside and went with something you knew you were going to hate yourself for in about five seconds. You know what it is? You know what it is, Singer? It's that the art of the Mandalorian in this digital age where concept art is is just cobbled together using Photoshop with old Ralph McQuarrie images. At least <laughs> a certain point of view will make Zach feel something. Yes. Hatred. Frustration. Frustration. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? You know how many Star Wars books I still need to read? Like, I still haven't gone through the lightsaber book. I have the Target edition of Star Wars Dark Legends. I have the the 
at this point, I was losing track of how many Thrawn trilogy books there are. I have the. I don't think it's a trilogy the anymore. Star, Thrawn trilogy. There's a bunch of Thrawn trilogies. Like, honestly, we're on the third Thrawn trilogy book. I have the original Alphabet Squadron, which I never finished from like two from like a year ago. I have Shadowfall, which I still have not read, despite the fact that I know how it ends. And I also have the Legends of Luke Skywalker, the manga, which I've only read the first three stories for. So, um, yeah, the Legends, actually, two best books so far have been the Legends of Luke Skywalker, the manga, and the lightsaber book. Um, to be fair, the I read like maybe the first quarter of the Thrawn book, and it's fine. Like it's exactly what you'd expect. It, it's, I'm happy with it in that sense, but it's very boilerplate. And uh, the Dark Legends book I haven't delved into yet. But um, I figured the from a certain point of view book, if anything will make me feel something, even if it's uh, frustration and, and, and anger, and uh, this lead me even further down the hole of depression. Well, you're that you're, book. you're you're, but I'll 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 tell you the two synopsises you gave were like. That experiencing that book in this format is obviously the superior way. Like that was funny. That's good. Oh, it is. Oh no, that's the best part. Like every time I, I start reading one of these stories, like the next, like the next chapter is about the woman that says ion uh, standby ion control fire. The next story is for that character. That's you know, some know. people just don't need stories. She had she had an action figure in the three and three quarter black series. I, I just blows my mind. Yeah. I know. That was back when they actually used to make toys for Star Wars. <laughs> Crazy. I still want... You know, what's, you know what Star Wars figures I really want more than anything right now? I just want Rise of Skywalker or Luke and Leia training on Aegon class. I just... I want those two figures so badly. You'd think like, that would be an easy Rey sell. Star it would be. Like, I want a... Um, like, where are the six... Where's the six-inch Knights of Ren? They made, like, one of them and they stopped it. Um, like, we got all the Praetorian Guard. Like, we never got all the Knights of Ren. Like, where's my Ben Solo action figure? With a little hole, like, in the sweater. Where's no, the, Ray Skywalker the, with her lightsaber? I think they were just able to where's reuse... Where's my Ben Solo in bed getting attacked by Luke diorama? <laughs> There's probably a lot of reusable parts for the Praetorian Guard figures. Like, were the heads just different or something and the weapons? I don't know. Just take the Kylo Ren head from the Black Series figure from Force Awakens. Just put it on like like a sweater body. Like I literally, it's like a Ken doll, just like 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 a kit mashup. Yeah. Well, like, that on. you know that movie that movie's old. That movie's old news, bro. You got to get get with the times. Exactly, it's old news. Like we need more uh, Endor Black Series. Like oh, come on, everybody's just dying for that Leia and Endor fatigues costume, like like our figure. People did seem to be excited about those, but uh, I'm not. For I me. have a, I like the Luke Skywalker one because it basically doubles his two figures. If you take the poncho and like like helmet off, and you have like throne room Luke. Yeah, that's that's, hey. that's 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 good. There, there's there's this fun this uh, and you know there's this funny feature of the the vintage poncho Luke where they made the poncho removable, but they the hat was part of the sculpt and like it just oh, trolled really? children it's like what a what kind what a move <laughs> the poncho comes <laughs> off but the helmet's just stuck on and it looks hilarious terrible you know what i'm still waiting for too where is anything palpatine like rise of skywalker like there's literally no palpatine rise of skywalker merchandise it's cause that's, because that's because it's just return of the jedi palpatine that's all that's, that's, that's what they no, want he's more rotted yeah, but they used the Return of the Jedi hot toys in the poster, so like, good enough. <laughs> oh, there you go. I will never forget. Dude, that. It was good. I will never forget. Is that like 
the most embarrassing Star Wars like marketing fail there's ever been. The fact they used a Hot Toys figure for official marketing and like nobody pushed back on that. If it weren't well, a little bit. If it weren't Episode Nine, it would be less embarrassing. But it's like literally like your main movie. It's yeah. kind of weird. I just want like they're just wanting to get it done with at that point. They Zach, did, they did Zach, just literally signed off on everything. Zach, that that uh, I, you probably saw it if if you ever if you come across the um, Hasbro put out like these five packs of five POA figures. I don't know if you've seen those, but the, there's a Sith set and the three and three quarter Palpatine in that is it, it's currently available at retail and it's the best three and three quarter Palpatine figure ever made. Is is it like Jedi Palpatine? It's like Jedi, Jedi Palpatine. Yeah, it is, but it's in terms of like how how it looks and the and like the resolution of the face and like the sculpt for the cloak and everything. And it's got it comes with spare hands for lightning. It's the best Palpatine three and three quarter ever done for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they never really they never really nailed Palpatine. Like in this one's years. good. This one's good. It's three and three quarter. The Black Series ones like when you go fabric cloak on a small figure, it always looks weird. I don't. Yeah. The Black Series one doesn't do it for me. But uh, that yeah, that new three and three quarter one's pretty good. You got to buy four other figures to get it though. I just oh I want him. I want him with his crimson robe from the end of the film. That's all I want. I want Palpatine in all his glory. Let your death be the final word in the story of the rebellion. Now, I, just yell that, I yell that at people at work all the time. I just yell at them randomly. Like, what does this mean? Why do you keep yelling at me? Right? Yeah, we like, should have... There should be more attention to this moment where the first time ever, the forest manufactured new clothing on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> there are some abilities some might call unnatural. I get new clothes? Yes. <laughs> yeah, fancy new belt. Oh, Look at it. I, you are just a scavenger girl. I am all the Sith. Oh my God, he's. Oh God, he's so like say what you will about that movie, but he's delightful. Like every single scene he's in in that movie, he is the like he is. He's delightful in that movie. I'm like, surprised we, he can get his um get his lines out with all the scenery in his mouth. Exactto but it's perfect though. Like it is, oh god, it's so perfect. Like every line of dialogue he has in the movie is like, "My boy, I made Snoke." It's like, oh, please don't stop. Just keep chewing, keep chewing. That's just what it is. That's like that's perfect camp. Like I, oh god, there's somebody made a video on YouTube. It's called like Palpatine Perfection of Camp, and it's like exactly like I don't need to watch the video. Like I agree with your thesis. I don't need to watch your video for 29 minutes. Like bingo, you get it, sir. Thumbs up, subscribe. Which is what you <laughs> should not do to this podcast. All right, gentlemen. Anything else about this pod? About this podcast? <laughs> about this podcast. About, I'm about you know what? this nonsense. Well, I'm getting close to Festivus, so yeah, I do got some <gasps> issues with this. Ooh, Star Wars. I told you, Star Wars Festivus this year is going to be real life Festivus. It's just going to be complaining about everything that's happened this year. Um, um, all right. Anything else? As we are at two hours and forty minutes. I mean, if you want my Festivus hot take real quick, uh, I'm just annoyed that they won't let us have Robot Chicken Star Wars anymore, but they'll just steal that idea and use it in the Lego holiday special. Until you watch that whole thing, man, I wouldn't even compare those two. You're giving the Lego holiday special way too much credit saying that. Exactly. Oh, no, I've watched it. I've watched it in full, and I'm like, it's just like a toned-down 
Exactly. Like, I'll, I'll say it again. The best thing about that is that they used the real noises for Chewbacca's family. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I'm done. I did not enjoy it. Which means that the master still does exist. Um, all right. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader on Facebook, and you will find us there waiting for you. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, good luck. Send me an email. I'll probably read it. Um, maybe not unless your name is Gus. Um, if you also want to hear me talk about movies, join me on the Cinemodies podcast with Rob as we are in Dancing December Plus, where last week we talked about the Cheetah Girls, and this week we are talking about Lemonade Mouth starring lesbian Jesus herself, Haley Kiyoko. But when you are not listening to me talk about lesbian Jesus, where can we find you, Zanger? Uh, you can find me on the Zingness podcast where we do nerdy topics every week, and this week's episode is Ready Player One uh, with John Justice, author of the Embark Saga, and um, check out his upcoming book, um, Gone Corbin and the Asteroid of Misfortune. How many Embark books are we up to now? I feel like I missed a couple. Uh, there is currently three available. Fourth one, that's a side story coming out, and then I think, if I'm correctly, he has another trilogy planned and is currently writing you know what if you listen to the episode of zingness he talks about it are you gonna talk about ready player two in your ready player one discussion wait did i say ready player one by accident yes it's a ready player two discussion oh uh, i thought you were gonna talk about the movie no we're talking about the book uh, like we all read the book and we did you actually it. read it Sanger, or did you listen to it of course you if, if i say read just assume it's audio book come on that doesn't count as reading. It's like saying I read the radio. It's like it doesn't count. <laughs> I read this podcast. Exactly. There, that's my moment of saying. Oh, boy. All right, Chris. When you're not going up in valuation as Canada's premier Star Wars vintage collector, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, at the batting range with a Cal Kestis lightsaber <laughs> and on uh, Instagram at the Chris Porteous. <laughs> Bringing it full circle. Um, all right. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you.